I was going to say I'm um, Captain Planet, but that's Captain not Planet. He's our he's hero. hero. Gonna take pollution down, down to zero. Uh, do you not know the song, Brittany? Oh, I know that part. Captain Planet, he's our hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. And then after that, I don't know anything. And then after that, I'm trying to think of how it he's goes. He's our powers magnified. And he's fighting on the planet side. Captain Planet. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Perfect. Love it. All right, this is why hyped? we're all friends. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Christine Steimer. Hi. Did you think I was going to mess up my name again? I did. I, I did was too. waiting to see. I was like, is it going to be Renoy this week? I'm very excited. No, you guys are going to psych me out that now every time I host <laughs> something, I'm going to screw up my own name. This is going to be bad. <laughs> I'm Brittany Braunbacher, do you Hi. have thoughts? Hi. Yeah, I also thought you were going to say Renoy, and I was very, very excited. <laughs> Renoy from, God, where did we say you're from? North, Ham- North, I don't know, whatever. We screwed something up on the last week's podcast with Ashley, and it was you screwed up some state. And then we decided that that's where Andrea Renoy is from. We'll have to yes. go back and find that. Yep. <laughs> Andrea Renoy, indeed. Well, you know what? It's fine. I'm just going to I'm just going to go with it. Just going to embrace it. Um, I want to say uh, thank you and welcome to everybody who is listening to the show, whether it's your 82nd episode with us or your first. We're glad that you're here. This is a special episode because not only have we published it a day early, that's right. It's Thursday today because of the Game Awards tonight, which will be the focus of our show. Um, but also because we have one of Britney's favorite games <gasps> to talk about, and it is going to be good. We're going to try to count how many weird faces she makes throughout this segment. <laughs> I, but before I don't know that it's possible. <laughs> it's an infinite number. So Somebody excited. else can keep can keep count. Uh, before we get to any of that, though, uh, we do have a little bit of housekeeping. Um, we haven't reminded you guys about our social media channels in quite some time. So um, just, a, just a little refresher. It's the easiest way to keep up with what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. What's Good underscore games on Twitter. What's Good Games official on Instagram. We have the What's Good Games Facebook page and a fantastic fan page with a lot of really um, active people. We have discord.gg slash what's good games as well um, we basically want you guys to reach out and let us know if there's a platform that social media wise we're not on let us know but also we've been hearing some complaints about some platforms where the show is being published as well Brittany, what's uh what's the word on the street the word on the street is you know sometimes there are technical hiccups and believe it or not they're not always on our end so sometimes our show <laughs> will publish to your favorite platform whether that's spotify stitcher anywhere so when that happens, ladies and gentlemen, don't front, if, if fret, front, fret, don't front, don't front, which is like fronting and stop. fretting at the yeah, same yeah, time. Yeah. Like stop making front, try to, yeah, front's never going to happen. <laughs> um, we release a show every Friday. We never skip a week. So if you're like, crap, my favorite show isn't on earholes.com, go to whatsgoodgames.com slash podcast. There's a billion different ways you can listen to our show. I'm guaranteeing you'll be able to find it. We actually also embed it into a blog post on our website. So if you're real desperate, you can listen to it there. We put out a show every week. Don't worry. 
your platform. Um, I just looked up earholes.com while you were talking because is it real? curiosity got the better of me. Oh, no. And it is indeed a legit website. Earholes.com. But it says exploring all things related to human hearing. Oh. And they have I their mean, own podcast. Oh, yeah. So we, you'll probably whole, never be able to find games on earholes.com. So don't email us about that one, okay? Yeah. Just cross it off the list. Just don't do it. I, I mean, that could have been a different million different other kinds of websites. I'm happy it's a nice, healthy, safe one. The po- podcasts. <laughs> you never know. People have weird fetishes these days. That's hey, true. You know, that's uh, that's correct. It is indeed. But that is a tangent that we will not explore on this show we because can. we have lots of discussion to happen as we pick our favorites from the crop of nominees at the 2018 Game Awards. And leading up to that, we've got a special segment, which is, of course, brought to you by two of our wonderful sponsors on Wait, this week's episode. We didn't do the yes, last housekeeping. Right. What's the last housekeeping? The streams and stuff for patrons. Oh, oh. Stimer. Thank you so much for reminding yeah. me. Uh, why don't you inform oh, everybody about sh- our lovely streams? I... <laughs> I can't because I, I literally was half listening. When you, I don't want to do the housekeeping. No, it's more that like Strima. I just I smiled and nodded and said that right now. that time sounds I'm, good to me, but I wasn't actually listening. I know, and I was okay. trying to save your ass and pretend to be Christine Steimer, so it's fine. Oh. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> Monday, yeah, so we have. December, yeah, go ahead, Britt. Monday, After December tenth at four thirty p.m. PT, going until five thirty or maybe six. PM. We're going to be doing the happy hour Q&A live stream. It's going to be great. We're going to drink a lot. It's going to be wonderful. And then starting at 7 p.m. PT after our stream, we are going to be playing a video game for you with you. Maybe Smash Brothers. Yeah. Uh, Andrea, you're going to play Smash Brothers. Calm down. Don't get mad. Oh, uh, maybe I'll watch you play Smash Brothers. I know you're worried. <laughs> she's worried she's going to hate us all because we're going to kick her butt. You see? Yeah, uh, I'm terrible at Smash. Dude, I am so awful at Smash. So am I. So like you and I might be. (laughs) So maybe it'll be hilarity. Um, We're bringing back the after hour stream because we just had continued logistical issues with the pre-show on our Patreon tier. And we thank everybody who has been supporting us at that level and apologize for the inconsistency, but want to reward your patience by bringing back a fan favorite tier that a lot of you actually really uh, requested. So the after hour stream is back. We don't know how long it's back for because as we've been mentioning over the past several weeks, we will be doing some changes to our Patreon in 2019. So if you are in that tier and you have thoughts about it and you want to let us know those thoughts, that'd be great. Or if you're not and you're contemplating going into that $10 tier and you're like, this is what would get me into that tier, we want to hear that too. We want to hear all of your thoughts as long as they are you know, safe for work. Okay. Yeah. Contact at whatsgoodgames.com is the email address that you guys can hit us up at. You can also send us a message directly through Patreon or any of our social media channels. But please do tune in. It's going to be fun. It's always a good time. We get to take your questions and have some cocktails and apparently watch Brittany beat our butts in Smash. I'm Bros. not great at Smash. <laughs> Trust me. It's, it, it's fine. We're all I'm going to be here. falling off the world by myself. Oh, that's true. Neither that's of you great. will touch me. I will just fall <laughs> off of the She's fucking She's just going to commit suicide over and over again. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, let's get into this mini hands-on segment, and then we'll get to the Game Awards predictions. 
And this week, our two wonderful sponsors are Me Undies and Quip. So we've talked to you guys about these awesome sponsors before. Me Undies, of course, uses the coveted micromodal fabric, which is three times softer than cotton. If you've never felt this fabric, get ready to experience pure bliss and underwear form. What's really exciting about MeUndies in the month of December is not only do they have really fantastic holiday prints ranging from gingerbread cookies to snowmen and bears on skis, but they also have onesies, which are pretty comfy in Christmas time. And they also have matching pairs that you can get with your partner. I bought John and I matching pairs of the little gingerbread cookie guys, and it's pretty cute. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Uh, they used to have a saying around Valentine's Day, match your bottom half to your better half. That's oh, cute. That's cute. Yeah, it's really nice. But seriously, let's talk about holiday gifting because – how great is MeUndies to gift as a stocking stuffer or just as a present? It's something that everybody needs. We all need underwear. Why don't you want them to be soft? You know, that three times softer than cotton. And they also have lounge pants and those onesies that I talked about in that same super soft fabric. And we've got a great offer for you guys. For first-time purchasers, when you purchase any MeUndies, you get 15% off and free shipping. You have to order by December 16th in order to get that free shipping in time for Christmas. So mark that date in your calendar if you're gift-giving. If you're gift-giving for any of the other winter holidays, like Kwanzaa or Hanukkah, those dates are probably off. You probably need to order sooner. Or you probably need to have ordered already. Uh, but if you're crunched for time, of course, you can't go wrong with a MeUndies gift card. You can get those whenever. It's a no-brainer. Again, 15% off a pair of the most comfortable undies you'll ever put on. To get the 15% off and free shipping and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, you got to go to meundies.com slash WGG. MeUndies.com slash W-G-G-M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S.com slash W-G-G. And we know that there's a lot of other podcasts out there that are also uh, doing podcast reads for MeUndies, but we would appreciate it if you could throw us a, a little bit of support and use our code W-G-G instead of theirs. I That's legitimately purchased MeUndies for my sister for Christmas. So, yes, you should use our code because oh, I actually buy this nice. stuff. <laughs> I do too. It's great. It's super soft. It's not a joke, but I will say again, if you didn't hear my recommendation before, if you're like me and you don't like your underwear super fitted, you might want to size up because mm -hmm. normally I wear a medium and I got a large and they fit real nice now. Before it was squeezing me just a little, a little too tight. So when you have, you know, an extra cookie around the holidays <laughs> your underwear gets a little tight oh. hey it happens to everybody okay it does oh, yeah. it does <laughs> i'm not it's the cookie handles we have please tell me i'm not the only one no i'm not saying we uh, have a bunch of mrs fields cookies at our house right now because one jason demers received a, a gift from what's good games but i hate whoever sent. i love whoever sent that to us but i also kind of hate them a little bit I don't know who you're talking about. Because, uh, hello, I have almost demolished an entire section on my own, and I feel really bad about my life right now. Listen, that sounds like a you it's problem. holidays. Wow. So. <laughs> <laughs> friends don't tempt oh. other friends, Andrea. I'm trying to not. <laughs> uh, I'm the worst at that. Anytime I, we go to Andrea's, I'm like, donuts? When she are really we going is. to eat the shitty food? That's why I come here. <laughs> She's like, I eat so healthy when I'm at home. And I'm like, help me out, Steimer. Can, can we eat healthy when you're here? Um, I do love a good donut from time to time. Um, 
but it puts a lot of sugar on your teeth. And you know what is great at getting sugar off of your teeth? Nice, girl. Our next sponsor, Quip. That's right. Everyone wants a buzzy gift on their Christmas list this year. And no, I'm not talking about that buzzy gift. I'm talking about a toothbrush. Get your brains in the right spot, you you people out there listening to this show. Stimer looks so appalled. <laughs> it's I'm something that they're shocked. going to use twice a day. It was featured on Oprah's O-List. And of course, it's perfect for everyone with a mouth, which is everyone. I do love that that's their slogan. I love this. It's an electric toothbrush designed to make brushing better. So when you think of the perfect gift, you don't probably think... Hey, I'm going to give my best friend, my mom, my sister, my cousin, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, whatever, a toothbrush, but why not? It's something you don't think to get yourself, and it's something they'll actually use instead of get re-gifted. Because if you re-gift a toothbrush, that's oh God. bad. Don't do, don't do that, friends. Um, so we have all been using the Quip toothbrush for quite some time now. And what's great about them is that they have sensitive sonic vibrations that are gentle enough for people like me with sensitive teeth and gums. And they've got a built-in timer to help guide each section of your mouth so you get that dentist-recommended two minutes of brushing every day, twice a day. And it doesn't require a clunky charger. It runs three months on just one little battery. And what's even better is that we are gifting you guys, with the help of our friends at Quipped, a free refill by using our special code. If you go to getquip.com slash what's good, you're going to get your first refill pack for free. And did you know on top of that, you can add prepaid refills for the person that you're gifting the Quip to, even if that Quip is for you. Maybe you're doing a Merry Christmas to me or a Happy Hanukkah to me, and you deserve a Quip. You deserve all the great things, like mm-hmm. clean teeth. And get it at getquip.com slash what's good right now for your first refill pack on your Quip electric toothbrush. But you don't have to tell your gifty that it's free. It'll be our little secret. Getquip.com slash what's good. All right. Thank you so much to those awesome sponsors. Let's talk about some hands-on. So this is not going to be a traditional hands-on segment. For this very special episode of Hands-On, we are going to hear from one Brittany Brombacher about her time playing Resident Evil 2. Oh, Resident Evil 2. Sorry. <laughs> For a second, I thought your screen froze, and I was really hoping that it did, because that was a pretty epic face. If you have missed it, if you're listening, <laughs> youtube.com slash what's good games. Always good to check in with us on video every once in a while. Oh my God. That was definitely a lag situation where yeah, I was. thought we were about to like crash. Crash and burn into the fiery <gasps> orbit of death. Yeah, so... Speaking of death, Resident Evil. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. So this was a preview event that I got invited to, which was just really surreal for me, because Resident Evil 2 was one of the first games that I played that was outside of my traditional norm of games. I was nine years old. Again, do not recommend your nine-year-old playing Resident Evil. Not a very good look. But it quickly became one of my favorite franchises. So when I got the invite to go to Capcom's office in San Francisco and play the game, it was just like I was trying not to cry. And as I was playing the game, I wrote in my notebook, do not cry, do not cry over and over again. YouTube.com slash what's good games. I'm going to see if you can. Don't Don't cry. cry. Literally in her notes, handwritten. (laughs) Handwritten. So... But now your camera's out of focus. You got to put your hand up there or something. Okay, I think it popped back in. So I have a very long list of restrictions that I can't talk about, which is normal for these kind of preview events. So what I'm going to do is just talk about my main takeaways from the demo. And if you ladies have anything you want to ask me about, go ahead. Because it's I'm a little nervous to talk about it live like this because I can't go back and cut it out just because the restrictions are very particular. 
Girl, I can go back and cut it out for you if you make a mistake. Don't you worry about it. I got your back. Thanks, baby girl. Okay. So I got to play four hours. I would say the first hour and a half was Leon and the rest of it was Claire. Um, Some of this has been seen before at TGS. Andrea, it may have been the demo that you played as Claire that was um, that I got to see. So pick up immediately after the Leon demo. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You're like you run into the little girl and then you're in the hallway. Okay. No. So my demo. I'll, I'll back up. So the so first of all, the Leon demo takes place in the Raccoon City Police Department garage, where, and you are already with Ada, and you have to leave the garage, and then you kind of start exploring the city a little bit in the sewers. The Claire demo picks up in the same garage, obviously at a different time, but you can't leave the garage because you don't have the proper key card, so you have to go through the rooms, the, the morgue and whatnot, to find the things you need. So I will say, if you have played Resident Evil 2 before... You know what the story is mostly about. If you have not played Resident Evil 2 before and you're worried for some light spoilers, obviously be careful by listening to my voice. Anyway, I'm not going to spoil a lot of stuff. So the first takeaway I had was that this is kind of a reimagining of Resident Evil 2. Some very iconic things that happen in the original game happen way out of order with this. So it kind of reminds me of what Final Fantasy, what Square Sumo Final Fantasy 7 they're taking the core elements of that game, this is what we believe is true anyway, and kind of reimagining it. So, for example, in Resident Evil 2, the very first thing you do if you're playing an A scenario, which people will know what I'm talking about if they've played the game before, is you go into Kendo's gun shop and you encounter Kendo. Well, in my demo, I went inside Kendo's gun shop after already meeting Ada, and it was the first time they had been in there. And so that's that was pretty shocking. Not shocking, but it was unexpected because I wasn't sure how strictly they were following the storyline. There's the alligator sequence. It's a huge, gigantic alligator that has been morphed by the T-virus and it's like blocks big and it's awesome and amazing. That sequence is also in there, but it takes place, like I said, out of the typical storyline. So I think that's good. I think that's the right move because I don't think we want an exact replica of resident evil 2 because no matter what we're always going to have that game as is that game is preserved forever so it's kind of like okay yeah like what would this game look like in 2019 and i think that's the route they're taking with it that was pretty interesting for me and i like that i think it's a really good move the next oh so when you're playing as leon i'm so excited about this as you're playing as leon you walk out of the garage and you walk into raccoon city and in, in Resident Evil 3, also, I love you, ladies. You're the best. Your eyes are totally glazed over right now. You're like, what the hell is this bitch talking about? No, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I had a question for yeah, you. Yeah, No, raise so, your hand. This is like school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, obviously, the story of Resident Evil has been out for many, many years. Yes. So, it's not like anybody's getting spoiled. But do you think that them kind of remixing the narrative and kind of placing those elements in different spots is going to fundamentally change how those character arcs are going to come together? It could. And I'm not allowed to talk about certain things, but there are different things that happen in the demo that I played. Like original content? Yes. Like there's brand original, new narrative elements have been new mixed content, in? Stuff that's never been mentioned before in any of the Resident Evil lore. Stuff that doesn't take oh. away from the overarching characters in the story because... There is kind of like this cuckoo bananas. Well, it makes more sense in the Zelda timeline. That's not fair. There is a timeline that follows Resident Evil 1, 2, 3, 4, 0. You know, it all follows something. So 
nothing too dramatic can be changed in this Resident Evil 2 remake. But well, you, they can't, like, kill Claire, for example. 100%, yeah. But there are new characters introduced, and you see different sides of characters. Because in the first, obviously, back in 1998, I think it was, when the game first came out, this was a survival horror game. And while the lore of Resident Evil has always been fascinating, they didn't really deep dive into it. You know, it wasn't something that Capcom focused on. But now I feel like with this game, they're able to incorporate dialogue between Leon and Ada, where Leon's asking these questions that I feel like any normal human would ask. What the, like, what the hell is going on? Who caused this? Why is this happening? Whereas in the first one, he just kind of goes with the flow and accepts it. He's like, we just got to take down this corporation and his terrible voice acting without ever really questioning why it happened or how it happened. So I, for, and I did come across some files in the game because that's a big part of Resident Evil is finding the files and the memos scattered throughout the game where you read it to deep dive into some lore that has information in them that you have never seen before. So it's not like they're necessarily building new arcs. It's just they're taking a deeper look at the pre-existing ones. And I think they're sprinkling in a little bit of extra. Yeah. I mean, yes, 100%. I have seen some, like I said, new things, but it wasn't an integral part of the story. That's not to say it won't be down the line. Maybe I just didn't see it for myself. That makes sense. Oh, I love this game so much. I could talk about it all day. Okay. <laughs> anyway, like I was saying before, um, as soon as you walk out of the parking garage and you're in Raccoon City, that was my first, like, holy shit, don't cry moment. Because in Resident Evil 2, you don't, the original, you don't really get to see the city outside of just kind of the intro of the game. That's mostly safe for Resident Evil 3. So in Resident Evil 2, the remake, you walk out and you just really see the scope and how big this city is. And there's billboards with the umbrella logo all over it. And there's the the gun shop and there's destruction everywhere. And you really get the feel of like, wow, some shit did go down here. And I hope we get to spend a lot more time in the streets of Raccoon City as opposed to always being inside. But that remains to be seen. But that was really freaking amazing i just had to stop and just take it all in oh my god okay um the next thing i'll talk about. i love your enthusiasm for this <laughs> i i don't understand it but that's okay i can just appreciate that you love this thing so much i do and that makes me happy your happiness makes me happy it's infectious some might say oh, <laughs> you. Oh, <laughs> do you get the pun oh Simer, i love you <laughs> I love you so much. You're like, I don't know anything about this game, but I'm here for the puns. I'm here for you, you, girl. I'm here for you. Yep. All right. So there's obviously weapon modifications in this game. I can't talk about the specifics, but you find modifications around and you combine them with your weapons and you can combine them with specific weapons. So if you want to increase something with your shotgun or your handgun, you can pick and choose how you want to do that, which I thought was nice. Wait, are these like regular? Sorry, maybe you can't answer this, but like, are they regular modifications or is this like Dead Rising shit where you make up some crazy guns? The things I found were completely normal. Okay. Nothing like chainsaw attached to a blade that's on fire. Nothing like that. Yeah, it. when I okay. played, I crafted specific types of bullets that had like an acid effect on them. Okay, like a so fire normal, effect. normal-ish things. Yeah, your basic kind of elemental things. Now, maybe deeper in the game, it gets a little bit crazier, but I don't think it's going to go cartoonish. No, Fair and in enough. the original, you do have the flame rounds and the acid rounds because those are stronger against certain kinds of enemies. But yeah, I think it's just going to be, you find gunpowder, you find this, you combine them, now you have more bullets. that, Or you find a modification for your shotgun that does a certain thing that you want it to do. 
cool. find special green plants that make you feel really nice. The herbs. What? Yes, the herbs are what? back. And it's amazing. <laughs> are we talking so about what I think we're talking about? Evil are a thing. I was trying to make a weed joke. No, I know. That's play. why I was like, no, I, I, I was picking up what you were putting down. <laughs> I just was like, is there legitimately marijuana in this game? No, it is green herbs, though, and you crush no, it up I to, like, a fine powder. I, I was lying. I and was lying. there's always been the joke of how do you ingest the herbs? That's kind of been, like, the question on everyone's Just chomp account. on it? No, because you cut it into a powder. So do you snort oh, it? Do you rub you, it all over oh. your body? Maybe like, you, like, do? put it in water and make a weird smoothie. You could absolutely. That could absolutely be it. Um, I did come across baby-ass baby mode. Yes. Um, so That's the, the way- only way I'll be able to play this game. So... This well, you can't start with it. There's no. It's not <gasps> when you start the game. It's not like easy, normal, or hard, right? So what happened? It was after I died a few times that the game asked if I wanted to turn on assist mode, which oh, the notes okay. here. comes with aim assist. You recover a certain amount of health automatically, and enemies are a little weaker. And once you change it, you can't change it back. I'm assuming that's for trophy purposes, probably, sure. or chivos or whatever the cool kids are calling it. Um, so. I died several times during this one segment, and I guess I'll just talk about some of this stuff because it kind of leads into it. So you do get to play as Ada in this game, which is really cool because she had a very, very limited role in the first one, and you did get to play her, but only for maybe like play as her, but maybe only for five or ten minutes in the original one. So this time she has this thing called an EMF visualizer, and what she does is she scans things in the wall and it shows wires and pipes and whatnot and you can remotely hack things um i don't think i can talk about anything more specific than that but i did play as her for a while and i have to say i don't think i'm a big fan of it because it's just something that feels so out of place for this is going to sound dumb because it's totally like a fictional world but it seems so out of place for resident evil 2 which is something that took place you know in like the late 90s and there's not a lot of techie tech in this game besides like, oh, obviously there's the underground lab. So I guess it's not too crazy to think about this existing. Anyway, so how it has to work is you have to walk around and you have to scan the room around you and you have to look for these bright yellow blips somewhere in the wall and you have to point your machine at it and then hold down a button and then it slowly starts to scan. And if you let go of it, you have to start it all over again. Normally not a big problem, but the zombies in this game take so they're very bullet spongy which was it's kind of another complaint of mine so, it's terrible yeah. you hate it i i don't want to say i hate it but <laughs> you I, could just admit Andrea, it, stop baiting her let her enjoy the thing <laughs> no no i it was a very frustrating part of the demo because you, you you're playing as ada you have maybe five rounds to your name and you have to go around and scan these things but the problem is there's always zombies coming after you and with five rounds, even with five headshots from a handgun, you're not going to take down a zombie. They're still going to be like lurching Wait, toward you. Wait, a headshot doesn't take them down? Not with a handgun, no. What? Which which kind of bugs me because here's it's the thing. bullshit, Steimer. Just go ahead and say it. That's it's what you're bullshit. Thinking. It's bullshit. <laughs> if I get a headshot on a zombie, it dead. That's right? how it works. No, I completely agree. And I think they're saving the one hit kills for the more powerful weapons like the shotgun, which I agree should not be that way. Because in the first Resident Evil, I keep saying first Resident Evil, but in the original Resident Evil 2, you could only aim up, down, or straight ahead. So it's like I kind of understood that, you know, it's not about accuracy. It's just maybe you'll take two shots if you're aiming up as opposed to five shots aiming neutral. But with this, you can actually aim. So if I shoot a zombie in the head, I would expect it to fall down. But sometimes they just keep lurching at you. 
so that was kind of frustrating. So I have Ada. I have like five rounds to my name. I'm in this room with all of these zombies coming after me, maybe four or five of them. And these aren't the dumb zombies from the OG Resident Evil 2, or if you know how to walk against the wall and like skid along it properly, you can just totally evade them. They actually like have a brain. That sounds really weird when you're talking about a zombie. If I only They have had artificial a brain. intelligence, Brittany. Yeah, I know, but I, <laughs> they're real, Andrea. Let me think they're real. There's nothing artificial about these zombies, goddammit. Anyway, so they will totally just like lurch at you and grab you. And after the first bite, you're already in caution. So the health goes, I think it's fine, da- uh, fine da- uh, caution, danger. And then after danger, you're dead. And so after you maybe only have two to four chances before you're game over. Um, which is frustrating because there's hard. I, don't, I didn't come across any auto saves whatsoever. It was only the manual saves you make with a typewriter. Although I was told that there are autosaves maybe after particularly large cutscenes. But every time I would die in this game, it would take me all the way back to my last manual save, which could have been 15, 20 minutes ago. That's a hard is, pass let's, for Let's me. stop and talk about that for a second yeah. before you continue. And how bullshit this is to have it in a day and age where quarters aren't being pumped into a machine. I don't need you telling me that your game is hard because you're not going to let me save. Tell me your game is hard because your AI design is advanced, because your puzzles are so tricky that I have to look up a walkthrough, or because the level design is so well done that it takes me X amount of tries to do it. Like This artificial like difficulty by locking saves to manual saves is bullshit. I'm saying it. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I understand that there are some players out there that will appreciate this because this is the way it used to be. But they're today, wrong, Brittany. They're evil, terrible people. <laughs> they're shit. <laughs> but I like that, like, you have things to do in your life. Like, right. what if you need to leave? But if you and need you're to like, go, well, right? now I have to I have to put it in rest mode or whatever because I can't. And God forbid the power goes out and then I lose my save, which happened to me. <laughs> no, it I had my thing in breast mode and then it blinked. I think this all sh- I say is like, uh, Brittany, I see your point. Like, this is supposed to be a true survival horror experience. Resident Evil is known for this. To that, I would say, if you're going to bother doing a remake to try to appeal to not only core fans who played the game in its original iteration, but also to people like me who were like, I ain't got time for that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Turn the autosave feature something you can toggle on or off. Yes. Maybe I want to play Resident Evil and experience the story that you so clearly love and are passionate about. But I, like Steimer, ain't got time for that shit. I am 100, <laughs> 100, 100% with you ladies. I don't like this at all. I think this should be an option because, you know, it's not an easy game. So this is not Resident Evil from what I've played. It's not that it's not like a simple shooter, right? You have very limited health. The health you do find is randomly scattered throughout, and you have limited bullets. And these zombies and the headshots don't count as headshots. Yeah, and the headshots, headshots aren't real headshots. So what are you supposed to do? The and, game's just like fuck you, die. And the these zombies aren't meant to be. I don't think they're meant to be killed, killed, put down, whatever the hell you want to call it. Because there's no way you can do it with the amount of ammo you have per room. I think it's more meant to. You well, the strategy I found that works is you shoot them in the head like two or three times. They get stunned. I know they they're kind of stunned. They run? go through like a second long animation, and then you just run by them. It's not like you, you shot can... them three times in the head, and they were stunned, not dead. Yeah, or you shoot them. That's in... bullshit. 
yeah. It, so that is that is a complaint of mine. I w- in in assist mode, the enemies are easier, and I was able to progress farther without with that turned on. But it was still like, come on, like you should be dead. So anyway, Ada's section. So I'm scanning all the things. I'm being chased by the zombies. I'm shooting these little bastards in the head. But I had a hard time finding the thing I'm supposed to hack and scan. And so that was really frustrating because what would happen was I would continue. I died like three times. And then after I died, it would boot me back to, I guess that was an autosave. But the autosave happened right after a cutscene. So there, okay. So the autosave happened right after a cutscene, but there was still maybe like a minute and a half long thing I had to watch every single time I started over. Ew. And I couldn't you can skip, skip it. it. And I couldn't skip it. So hopefully that's something that is fixed going forward. Uh, That's also yeah. like an easy fix too, right? Like if yeah. the game sees that you've watched the cutscene once, then add a skip feature in. Like I think that there's an argument to be made that we are not going to have in this moment about skippable cutscenes, right? But mm-hmm. if you've already watched it once, the game knows you watched it. Like let you skip it the second time. <laughs> 100%. So that was kind of irritating. Oh yeah, here's Especially my notes right here. Especially because the game knows that you're dying a lot and is offering mm-hmm. you an assist mode that is not on the menu. So, like, if you already know, you're already tracking deaths. Yeah. The game knows. Here's my notes. The zombies took, like, five handgun shots to the head and still walked around. Too spongy, IMO. That was my official note on that. Maybe their brains are made of sponge. Maybe they they absolutely could be. Um, Just some other things that I've noted. The lip syncing out of the cutscenes is pretty bad. In the cutscenes, it's really good. Outside of the cutscenes, it was just one of those things that I couldn't help but notice. When you see it done so well in God of War... I mean, I would say, like, Red Dead 2 was really good, too, but not as good as God of War, but way leagues above what Resident Evil 2 has. Not a huge thing, not a game-breaking thing, but just something that I couldn't help but notice. The banter between Leon and Ada is much... Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is what I was talking about earlier, how Leon is asking these questions to Ada, like, what's happening? And I think this is really good for new players. Like, Steimer, I know you're absolutely going to play this game, and you're going to love every minute of it. <laughs> but the lore of Resident Evil is so crazy that you're going to have absolutely no idea what's happening, so I'm glad they incorporated that quality of life into it. I have, oh yeah, death scenes are effing gnarly. After one attack, your health goes into caution. Two more is in danger. And then basically, you die very easily. So I already talked about that. Uh, not a lot of checkpoints. Talked about that. Ada's scan segments are kind of annoying. Yeah, so I'm not sure if I'm going to like this part. It just doesn't feel Resident Evil-y to me. I want to play Resident Evil with a handgun or mini guns, mini rifles, mini shotguns. Particularly, I would prefer infinite ammo if I could, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, so I don't that's know. super baby ass mode. I, that's how I played my first Resident Evil Two game, uh, Game Shark for the win. And let's see. Oh yeah. So something else I really like that they're bringing back is the fact that you find an item, and this is just for the Resident Evil nerds out there. You pick up an item, and you're like, oh cool, I have this really cool box thing. It's like a box, and there's an item in it. And you go to you need that item that's in that box to go finish a quest. You go to finish that quest. And you try to use the box, and it's like, nah, dog, that's not going to work. So you have to open up your menu, and then you have to rotate the item in your inventory and find the correct spot to search, and then and only then will the box open, and then your item pops out of it. So I I know you're probably thinking, what's so cool about that? But it's just a really cool throwback to the old Resident Evil games where you'd pick up a briefcase, for example, and you'd open it up in your inventory and look. It's kind of like a little mini puzzle. I also had found that, I found a picture frame, and I rotated it around, and then I found a key item within that picture frame. So it's just something my fellow Resident Evil nerds where you're at will appreciate. I remember finding a couple items like that in my playthrough as well, where you examine it and you get a hint. Several other games have taken that and used that. Uh, one game that comes to mind is Uncharted. 
how you can look at certain items. And while the, you don't get items from looking at the artifacts, you can get some key narrative pieces of information that can be helpful, yeah. which I think is neat. And it's, yeah, it's a like cool little tidbit to put in. And Tomb Raider, right, when you can, it like vibrates mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, you found a sweet spot. And she's like, oh, no, it also fact, it's great. Lara Croft is now some <laughs> oh, weird Muppet English accent. <laughs> oh, no, an artifact. Oh, no. Um, the last main thing I have written down here is the tyrant. So in Resident Evil 2, you have scenario A and scenario B for Leon and Claire. And it's kind of confusing to explain to people. But for those of you listening that have played it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Whoever you played as, whoever you played as in scenario B has Mr. X or a tyrant T00 following you around for the entirety of the game because the idea is that the character in scenario A is busy dealing with Birkin. Okay. So the tyrant follows you around the entirety of this game and he follows you around in Leon's campaign and in Claire's campaign, which is kind of goes off of the usual lore of Resident Evil where it's only in scenario B. So it's kind of interesting to see them mashing the scenarios together. And I'll be really interested to see if they haven't already Capcom put out a statement is if this is the true canon of the series. Again, this is a. I need, I need a Resident Evil fan with me. Okay, finally. Tyrant, <laughs> I'm just no, like, like, I don't know these names. I, know, I don't know no, what I you're think, telling me. I think it would be helpful for us if you explain like why that's significant. <sighs> Do you have an hour? No. no. Can you give me the elevator pitch? Okay. Too long, didn't read version. Okay, so scenario scenarios in Resident Evil 2 work like this. You have Leon and Claire. You have scenario A, which you can play as scenario A, Leon, scenario A as Claire. I think the canon as of right now is scenario A, Claire, scenario B, Leon. So the idea is Claire is the one who you play from the very beginning. You go into Kendo's gun shop. You discover XYZ, XYZ. And then scenario B will be Leon because scenario A is Claire. And then in B, as Leon, you see what Leon was doing during that time, that Claire was doing her thing. But you can only play that after you've played scenario A. And depending on how you mix and match the two different things will happen and very so you have a choice there's player agency and how you mix them no i mean no you can only do scenario a as claire or leon and then no matter what that second scenario b has to be the other character does that make sense so basically right. like multiple playthroughs in order to see both scenes 100 percent okay um, and so what's significant about this is in resident evil games down the line there are certain things like sherry makes an appearance again um ada makes an appearance again and depending on how you played Resident Evil 2, certain things don't add up with those timelines. Like like uh, Resident Evil uh, 6, for example. You know, Sherry's in that. Or in Resident Evil 4, when Ada's in that. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see if this is like the full canon version of Resident Evil 2. Because some very, very different things happen depending on how you play. So that's why it's interesting. And nothing that you've seen so far in your playthrough indicates that this is that it's going to remain true to the narrative path of the original. That there's a are you thinking or feeling that it might change? That what might change? That the idea of how you play the game and the ability to see specific narrative events based on the choice of who you play certain scenarios as. I think what they're going to do is mash certain things from A and B from both characters into one. They're obviously going to have to leave some things out. For example, in a certain way you play Resident Evil 2, if you're worried about spoilers, too bad. Or just pause it. I'm sorry. Or mute me. Whatever the hell you want to do. Sherry becomes infected with the virus. 
Brittany, that game, I'm sorry, Resident Evil 2 came out in what year? 1998. 1998. Yeah, if you're worried about spoilers, kind of, you got to have some bigger problems in your life. <laughs> but I feel like people are going to be playing this game for the first time, and so I just want to throw that out there. So, no, Sherry is Okay, touche. Maybe I'm being a little surly right now. That's fair. If you want to go in clean, hopefully you're not still listening. Hopefully you tuned out of the segment a long time ago. But if for some reason you're still hanging in there and you're like, dang it, I don't want to know nothing else about the story of Resident Evil 2, now's a good time to skip ahead like 20 minutes. I'll be done in like five, I promise. So in Resident <laughs> Evil 2, in Claire A, Sherry gets infected with the G virus by her dad, who is now... Uh, an abomination because he's been infected by his own G virus. She gets infected with this thing, and then U.S. Does Claire he gives intentionally her infect her? Hmm? He intentionally infects her. And, yeah? Yes, he totally intentionally okay. did that. Yep. Um, Thanks, he's Dad. To, he's trying to reproduce. <laughs> uh, he's totally gone, and he's not Ew, trying to. Any, that no, sounds I know, worse. Not, it sounds really bad, but that's exactly what he's trying to do. It sounds weird. It's not that weird in the game. I promise. Um, anyway, the so virus. She, he's trying to replicate the virus, is what she meant to say. Yes. Like, he's not oh, trying to right. reproduce with his daughter <laughs> that sounds so bad it sounded good in my head but when it came out my mouth hole was very wrong <laughs> apologies in advance um, so <laughs> so you give Sherry <laughs> you give Sherry a virus which gives her regenerative abilities which is something that's mentioned and touched upon in later Resident Evil however if, if you play as Leon A Sherry never gets infected and so that what? whole plot line that whole plot line like just didn't it's happen just negated Right, and then there's questions about Leon A, Leon B, Ada's role, and if she's alive or dead. So certain things like that. So very different things happen. So I think what they're going to do is look at what happened in the later Resident Evil games and turn Resident Evil 2 remake into like the canon version of the ultimate version of lore and history and all that is good. That makes sense. Okay, so you think they're not going to do the switchy things? I don't. I don't know. I should have asked this. I don't. They might do the switchy things, but even if they do it, they're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna do it the way they did back in that day, where it's two completely different, almost completely different storylines mm. in one game. I think it's gonna be more of a, hey, you play as Leon, now let's play as Claire. I think that's how it's gonna work, or if not, it'll be something similar. I should have gotten clarification on that, but I was too okay. like I was too in my zone to even give two shits. I mean, I you were trying play. to not cry, so I understand. I was trying not to cry. Um, so finally, uh, going back to the tyrant, um, he follows you around, Mr. X. He follows you around the entire game. He's kind of always stalking you. And I don't think he can ever be killed. I think you can stun him, and that's about it. I was talking to the um, the team there, and they said they hadn't seen anyone kill him, and I don't believe he can be killed until probably later on in the game. So the problem is he's always following you around. When you're, And even when you're trying to do a puzzle, he will come and just like smack a bitch. He's like, I don't care if you're trying to do a puzzle. I'm going to I'm going to eat you alive and punch I you mean, in the face. He has a goal in life. He does. And I want to be supportive of the goals, even of those of my enemies, unless they're real assholes and their goals are nefarious. But I'm just saying, like, he was a dick. And I was trying to push these bush, ca- these bookcases. <laughs> I said bush cases. OK. And that could have got real weird. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it, <laughs> it can get weird. Anyway, so the problem is it can get overwhelming. You have this big old monster in a trench coat following you around. You have all these zombies from previous rooms that don't ever die. You have liquors chasing you. You have Dobermans trying to eat your face. And there's no sense of safety or security. And I think that there should be more in j- than just the safe rooms. But isn't it like supposed to 
be? It I is. don't know. I've never no, no, played no. You're this not, game. You're not wrong. But the problem is, is when you're being chased by this big old asshole in a trench coat and you need to leave the room. Because- Brittany, I'm coming after you exactly. in my trench coat. You're giving me flashbacks. Oh, look out for me. Yes. Fuck you, sir. <laughs> I don't want your shit. I don't want what you're selling. Is I found myself like running around trying to get away from this guy, but then there's all these zombies in these other rooms trying to eat my face. Oh my god! <laughs> and it was just overwhelming. God damn it, Simon! You gave me flashbacks. Now I'm traumatized. Drink your whiskey; it'll be okay. Anyway, oh long god. story short, I could talk about this forever. I, I, when Jason picked me up from the airport, I talked about it the whole way home, and that was like an hour and a half ride home. What a trooper! He just sat there and nodded as he drove in the traffic. Um, he is such a trooper. He's great. He is pretty great. Uh, yeah, I'm very, very excited for this. Like I said, there's some awesome improvements they're making. And I feel like they're taking this already great game and just breathing this breath of 2019 fresh air into it and turning it into something that I think could be a next revolutionary step forward for the survival horror franchise. The, Wait, the genre. In why general. do you think that? I am going to I'm going to make you defend that that declaration. Yeah. So Resident Evil 2 did that way back in the day, right? In 1998 with its mechanics and the camera. It just it was yeah, no argument right. there. So you don't have to make this, that argument. So the thing with Resident Evil 2 is it has such a following already that I think there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on this and the expectations are very high. And I don't think Capcom is going to let people down just from what I've played anyway, besides like the stupid little things like the bullet sponges and whatnot. And I think if there's a game that can get people into this genre, it's going to be Resident Evil 2. I know, Andrea, you're excited for it. And like that makes me happy. Well, excited might be a little bit much. Is she excited? Yeah. Yeah, excited is not the correct word. I'm interested, which is a big step up from where I was before I played it. So, but this game is true. I feel true survival horror. You're not. You're not. You don't have a ton of ammo everywhere. Health is limited, and it has the 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 atmosphere of you know. It doesn't have the fixed camera angles anymore. But what it does have is you can hear the moaning of the zombies off screen, or you can hear the voices. It has these fascinating characters and this fascinating lore and it's just expanded upon it. And I think it's a story that almost anyone would find interesting because it's not like it just throws you in there. It's like, okay, have fun. I feel like it, it takes its time. It knows when to overwhelm you and it knows when to take a few beats and just let you relax and become connected to these characters in this setting to let your guard Except, down only to scare you again. Exactly, That's what they do. Things jump out the windows and break mirrors all the time. It's terrible. Except with this man in the trench coat, you're saying. Yeah, Mr. X, he's an asshole. So with the resurgence of the horror genre that we have seen over the last, let's say, two to four years, do you think that what Capcom is doing with this remake is enough to draw in audiences who are used to a more action-oriented experience or who are used to a more adventure-focused experience? I think... Both. I feel like this game has both to it. I mean, it has its slow moments where you're just kind of walking through a corridor and the music's building in your ear and you're super duper tense. But then you have those moments where you have, uh, you know, you're in a room full of zombies and it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to shoot this guy in the knee and I'm going to run around him. Then I'm going to use my knife to stab this. Now, the zombies are the slower enemies, but you have the lickers. You have the Dobermans. Those are very, they're called lickers. Like, literally, they're like these fleshy, muscular four-legged humans with brains visible brains and long ass tongues yeah no they're terrifying they like to hang no. out on the ceiling they're called shit. clickers because they click i don't like their claws. i mean clickers are to me from the last of us but okay so, yeah I, I think this game is going to be appealing to both i think there's something here for both people for both parties and i 
from what I've seen, like I said, I stand by that. I think this is going to bring a lot of it has a lot of eyeballs on it. It's going to bring a lot of people in. And I think people are going to be very, very surprised that this is what survival horror can really be. I mean, I'm trying to think of the last super fantastic survival horror masterpiece that was put out there. Maybe PT. And that was a teaser. Right. What that trailer did was just incredible in the sense of dread it built. And I feel like the music and everything else with this game now, granted, I will say, I don't. Mm. if this wasn't Resident Evil 2, would everyone be all about it? Probably not, if this was a brand new game. But because it is Resident Evil 2, like I said, it does have that following. It does have that attention. It does have that spotlight. But what's important here is I think they're really going to deliver. And they're really going to convert a lot of people. Do you think people that aren't familiar with the Umbrella Corporation storyline, having not played the original Resident Evil, are going to be able to just jump into this and understand everything that's happening? I think so. And that's because of the dialogue that I saw between the characters. Uh, you know, before it wasn't anything like that. It was just, Umbrella Corporation is here. They are bad. Let's save people. And it makes no sense. And the acting was terrible. And the dialogue was awful. But people weren't playing that game for the acting. And the. But this time, like I said, they, they breathed that 2018 air into it where they know how to tell a story. They know how to do it. And they know the right things to talk about to get new people interested in the series. Um, okay. And I think if you don't know anything that's happening, you're going to be able to follow along and you'll have a different experience than me who knows exactly what's happening, but I'm playing it for the new tidbits of information. So I think there's, I think it's appealing to both. Okay. Well, <sighs> listen, this has been a lot of information and I hope that everybody out there has enjoyed. Please. We, of course, will follow up with Brittany in January, mm. after the game launches, have uh, just about, what, seven weeks now Something to wait like until it's the game oh is finally out. It's, it's getting very close. Oh. Um, ladies, do you want to just keep rolling or would you like to take a break? Mm-mm. Rolling with the hope homies. I mean, I'm down to keep rolling. Let's roll. Let's We're going to keep bitch. rolling, everybody. So... That was our first segment, essentially. We're not doing a new segment this week because clearly we're recording the show early because of the Game Awards happening that Brittany and I are attending and Steimer is attending a work function. So I'm so no sad. News. I want to I party know. with you and all I my friends and here. I have to miss it and I'm sad. But good news, we will party when you are here in San Fran and Cisco. Oh boy. Yes, we will. We will. It'll be great. And I've got lots of champagne for us to drink. Champs. Plus, we've got our streams, which are going to be fun, which we talked to you about at the beginning of the show. But now, it's time to play Let's Pick the Winners of the Game Awards. Dun, dun, dun. So, I'm nervous because I won last year. And so now I feel like... You got to defend your title. I got to defend my title, oh, yeah, girl. But I don't want to because this year is really hard. Like, yeah, there's three really top contenders I see yeah. in a lot of the, the categories. And it was like, I just legitimately don't know. Well, I think God of War and Red Dead are going to split yeah. a lot of the votes this year, whereas mm-hmm. it was pretty clear, despite the fact that all of us really loved, well, except for Brittany, uh, Steimer and I really loved Horizon Zero Dawn <laughs> and Alexa <laughs> I loved it, too. Um, that um, Zelda was the clear favorite last year, and that was really noticeable. This year, it's hard to know because with media outlets, who's going to win? But if you guys have not played along and you want to, um, there is the categories and nominees on the GameAwards.com website. 
and you want to pick your winners with us if you're listening to the episode on Thursday, of course, before the Game Awards airs. And we will check in with you next week to see who is the winner. Now, I need to, of course, make a few disclaimers. First, disclaimer number one. We were provided copies of almost every single game on this list. And if we weren't provided a copy, we were offered one and we just didn't take it because we either already had it or we didn't have time to play it. So disclaimer one. Disclaimer two, we are part of the jury for the Game Awards, so we have an official What's Good Game vote, which we will disclose to you guys what our official vote for the category was, but it wasn't our official, uh, it wasn't our individual votes. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. All right. Are we tracking what we're saying now on this sheet? Yes, I've got the sheet up. Cool. I'm going to be making um, selections for everybody. Don't worry. I'll fill in more things here on on the document. Cool. But what I would like to note is that what's great about us doing this now is that we can change our answers if we want to. Technically, we can't change our vote. That was submitted weeks ago. But if for some reason you've decided whatever the winner for best game direction is, your original choice, you've changed your mind, you can change it here. I thought it was... No. No, that's about that's not the same thing. Like what I vote for is not what I think is necessarily going to win. Okay. Like that's how I view it. It's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're picking what we think will actually win from everybody else, but our individual votes and our what's good vote are separate things. Yes, that's correct. You said that the right way. I did not. I love I'm you. confused, but I'm here. <laughs> I love you, too. So why don't we repeat it for Brittany, who said she's confused. So, Brittany, <laughs> yes, we Simon. voted. We already voted. Individually, yes. we had votes. But then what's good? We had we like sometimes if we if there was discrepancy, we basically only submitted one vote. as yes. What's good? Yes. However, what we are choosing now is what we think will win, which not is not necessarily what favorite. we want personally. It's just what we think. Yes. Let's do this. So I feel like we should do these in the reverse order on the ballot, like starting at the bottom. At the bottom, starting at the bottom. Now we're here. The best for life. life. Exactly. We can't just jump to the game of the year winner at the beginning of the show. I mean, we're all going to be on the hook. I don't know that we are. Oh, yeah, it's a good good point. Okay, so starting at the bottom here, we've got content creator of the year. And the nominees are Dr. Lupo, Myth, Ninja, Pokimane, and Wily Rex. So I think I think it the has pretty to be unanimous call here is Ninja. Yeah. I yeah. think unless again, unless there's like a weird situation and where set one of these other people is hard campaigning and Ninja ignores it. That's the only way I see anybody else winning this I category. I could see Dr. Lupo hard campaigning because he, he, hearing him on the live stream for the Gamers Choice Awards, which we won't even go into because we're going to save our commentary for next week after that train wreck actually airs on CBS Ooh. on Sunday night. Uh, and I feel comfortable calling that after seeing what happened in the pre-show. Um, <laughs> and if you didn't, I'm glad you didn't yeah. waste your time watching it. That maybe um, Dr. Lupo might have, you know, invigorated his audience to kind of campaign. But I think it's going to be tough to overcome Ninja, particularly because this category was 90% weighted with the jury vote. And I bet most of the jury is going to pick Ninja. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's my, but mine. But Steimer, do you have a case for someone who might win? No. I think it's going to be Ninja. Are we a unanimous <laughs> here? Yes. Everybody thinks Ninja's going to yeah. win. Okay. I like Ninja. He's a good kid. 
I do too. And like there were some people coming after me on social media about him and the incidents that he had with the N-word. Mm. And I would like to address that here to kind of have a quick discussion about the fact that the way that he used that in his stream in rapping along to a song was not comparable to the way that PewDiePie used it in his gameplay video or stream where he was directly using it in a derogatory way. Now, we could probably go into like the finite minutia of it all, but I think overall, Ninja is a good dude. Did he fuck up there? Yeah, he did. But you know what he did? He apologized. And he wrote out the right apology. And he did the right thing by saying, this was my bad. I fucked up. I made a mistake. And my position is we're all human. We all say and do shit that we don't mean to do. And as long as we own up to it and admit I did the bad thing, I'm apologizing for the bad thing and you apologize in the right way, I think we as humans, as humanity, need to go, yo, we're all in this together. And like, it's okay if you fucked up one time. Now, don't be he a does it again, however, fucker upper. we're watching you. No one likes a chronic fucker upper. I was watching him uh, today on the stream and he and what I like about what he does is he doesn't act like his career is something that everyone can get or anyone can just get. You know, he said, I've been doing this for eight years. And while I was doing that, I was going to school. I was working on a backup plan. And it's like, yeah, that's the right message to send to kids. You know, you see these commercials of these kids playing Fortnite on their cellular devices. And they're like, oh, Ninja's calling you up. Oh, you're so good because you're playing on our cellular device. Oh, good job, little Johnny. And it's like, ah, it's like, that's not the right message to send to children. Go stay in school. Get a backup plan. Hustle. That is all. Hustle is the word of the day, kids. Yeah. Use it in a sentence. Steimer likes to hustle at Barry's boot camp. At so six she can in the eat morning. Donuts at West Coast Games. These. Crazy <laughs> that's why I, I eat all my donuts. <laughs> All right, best debut indie game. Donut County, Florence, Moss, The Messenger, and Yoku's Island Express. So, I originally picked Moss because I think that game is phenomenal, but I think Florence is going to win. I think it's either got to be Florence or Donut County. That's my thoughts, too. Uh, You have to pick one. You don't think that one's going to win? I think The Messenger, while potentially a great game, I can't speak to it, haven't played it, have heard good things, will not win this category against these other contenders. I think the industry excitement over Florence, Donut County, and Moss is too high to combat any amazing gameplay The Messenger is bringing to the table, and that's that's Mm. just reality. I feel like I've seen so much more hype and chatter about The Messenger, though, on social media. Really? I see everybody talking about Florence. I mean, I do too, but would you say Florence Florence is the best indie game? I mean, sure, to an extent. No, I don't. I picked Moss, but this is about who we think is going to win, who we think is the best indie game. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say The Messenger. (laughs) Okay. I will choose Donut County, so that way hopefully one of us is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Selections. Best student game was on this list. I'm not sure why, because we don't vote on best student game. That is a special panel of judges who actually get to play those games made up of some really fantastic industry uh, visionaries, by the way. Mm -hmm. 
Um, best multiplayer game. So we've got Call of Duty Black Ops 4, Destiny 2 Forsaken, Fortnite, Monster Hunter World, and Sea of Thieves. I think this is Fortnite's to lose. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Fortnite. And if it's yeah. not Fortnite... It's Call of Duty is what I'd say. I would say Call of Duty, yeah, if it's not Fortnite. But I've so got to are you Fortnite. picking Fortnite or are you picking Call of Duty? I'm picking Fortnite. If Fortnite was not in this thing, I would say Call of Duty. But I am picking Fortnite because it is in this thing. It but is in for, this thing. Yeah, for clarification, we picked Destiny 2 Forsaken because without a doubt, what Destiny 2 does amazing is their online connectivity and their interactive multiplayer gameplay. It's what makes that game so special. And every time I play it, it's flawless. And the only time I have issues is when the PlayStation Network goes down, not when Bungie servers go down. And I think that that's a testament to the incredible work that their their engineering team has done. But I don't think they're going to win. I think Fortnite's going to win. Yeah. Um, okay. Best sports racing game, FIFA 19, Forza Horizon 4, Mario Tennis Aces, NBA 2K19, Pro Evolution Soccer. I have, uh, we have picked Forza Horizon 4 to win, and I truly think that this is Forza's year to win this category. I, sure. I mean, I also picked Forza because that's the only one I've played on this list, barely. Um, I know I did not pick Forza because like I didn't vote. I wrote, didn't play any in this category. Well, normally FIFA <laughs> takes this category. FISA? 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 FISA. FISA. Oh, or now I'm thinking about pizza or NBA um, <laughs> because they're just staples, right? They have very consistent development year over year and they have a lot of funding because they're very popular. Mm. But what I love about Forza Horizon 4 is that they took a formula that we would assume is ordinary and tired and really said hey we're gonna bring the excitement back to arcade racing but pair it just enough with the amazing realistic sim racing of the forza franchise and make this amazing like goldilocks moment of of a racing game that we haven't seen in quite some time it's a game frankly i need to spend more time with but from what I've played, it's really just such a fantastic, beautiful, fun experience. It's and I really, really hope pretty. they get some recognition this year. I'm really bad. Yeah, at I it, think it's but. I think it's Forza. Also, I just like looked up how Mario Tennis Aces did because I was like, if yeah. that might be like the weird <laughs> wild card. Yeah, the weird wild card is a Mario game, right? Because you know he likes to come in and fuck shit up, but. Mario likes to come in and fuck shit up. <laughs> but I, I do think slash hope it will be Forza. Yeah. Okay, so that's everyone's vote? Yeah. Okay. Next category, best strategy game. So this one, we're probably a little out of our depth because we didn't play the mo- majority of these. Battletech, Frostpunk, Into the Breach, The Banner Saga 3, and Valkyria Chronicles 4. So we voted for Valkyria Chronicles because that's what we have the most experience collectively as an outlet with. But what I thought was notably missing here was Total War, mm. which I was a little bit surprised about. But maybe their formula is just getting a little too formulaic to be on the nose about it. But Banner Saga 3, I heard really great things about. Um, and I have heard nothing but wonderful things about Into the Breach. Yeah. And so much so that I never contemplated playing that game. But now I am because people are talking so highly about it. So 
I honestly think Into the Breach is going to be the winner here. I'm thinking I'm going to so- actually. Oh, go ahead. I'm thinking about social media, social media, media hubbub, and I feel like I've heard the most about Valkyrie or about Into the Breach as well. That's going to be my pick. My pick's going to be Banner Saga, even though I didn't vote for it. <laughs> in the yeah, thing. girl. All right. <gasps> I think they also have a very good chance at winning. That's one of those categories is usually only voted on by a very precise member of the game's media who specializes in that kind of a game. So know that whoever wins is winning because the people who play that that category think it's the best. All right, best family game. Mario Tennis Aces, Nintendo Labo, Overcooked 2, Starling Battle for Atlas, and Super Mario Party. I mean, I feel like this is the category that can go anywhere. You what? You think anyone I, could I, win this? I feel like I feel like this is anybody's game. But I don't. I think timer? it's got to be Mario Party. Yeah. Like, it's fucking Mario Party. Yeah. It's I, Mario okay, Party. That's both of your choices. <laughs> I know. We voted for Mario Party. It's great. Yeah. No, but like, I feel like anytime people, it's like, the default thing, right? You're like, oh, well, there's Mario. And even though there's technically two Marios, Mario's Mario's super here to fuck shit up. He's in there twice. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Come out of nowhere. Uh, Yeah, I mean, also Nintendo Labo, really? Labo, Labo. I mean, okay. Boo. No, just... What 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 a swing and a miss. Did I call that? Maybe I did. Maybe I called that. It's all right. Um... Best fighting game, Blaze Blue, Cross Tag Battle, Dragon Ball Fighters, Soul Calibur 6, and Street Fighter V Arcade Edition. Street Fighter, the franchise that never dies. <laughs> um, I think that this is probably going to go to... Oh, God, it's hard. I feel like it's a kind of a toss-up between Dragon Ball and Soul Calibur. I think Blaze Blue is... Sorry, Blaze Blue fans, but I think it's kind of like a, a courtesy nominee. I don't really think that they have a shot here. <gasps> Street Fighter Five Arcade Edition also doesn't really have a shot here. This is definitely Dragon Ball between Fighters. Dragon Ball and Soul Calibur. Fighter Z, Fighter Z. And is that what you're picking, Dragon Ball? Yes, Dragon Ball. Because I mean, the pur- obviously, the purple hair not pick anything against Trunks. Yes, <laughs> Steimer. Uh, I would go with Soul Calibur. Ooh, good choice. This is the one category that What's Good Games actually abstained from voting in because we didn't have enough experience in these games mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. to uh, put a vote in. Let's see here. I think I'm going to also go with Soul Calibur. I'll represent those you. Dragon Balls. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, you do it. Best role-playing game. Oh. Dragon Quest Eleven, Monster Hunter World, Nino Kuni 2, Octopath Traveler, and Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire. This is another category. This, this is could go rough. anywhere. It's, anybody could win. Yes. Yeah. I've played all these except for Pillars of Eternity. And they're all good for many different reasons. I mean, it, it just kind of comes down to what tickles your fancy, right? For me personally, Dragon Quest Eleven was the best role-playing game because it takes such a great throwback to RPGs of old, JRPGs of old, and it modernizes it. Modernizes it. And it's really, it's just a great game. It has the depth of the characters and the story where Octopath Traveler, while it looked really cute, the story and the characters, like we talked about, Steimer, when you and I were talking about this on the show, it it doesn't flow. And it's just, there's not a lot of depth there, and it makes me sad. And Nino Kuni 2, also fantastic, but I did not like that. Um, what was it, Simon? The the battles is the um, oh yeah, the when overworld you're... army. Yeah, yeah, the army battles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think because 
this is Dragon Quest and like this is the first console like main title in oh, such wow. a long time. I think it's going to win. Like I think people who are RPG fans or JRPG fans, I suppose I should say, because mm-hmm. these are all well, except Pillars of Eternity, like JRPGs. Um, I just think it's got to go Dragon Quest. What a great year okay. for RPGs. Brit? I know. Yeah, Dragon Quest. I am going to pick Octopath Traveler. <laughs> I am picking this because I feel like the Nintendo Switch is having a moment and everybody loves everything about the Nintendo Switch. And Octopath Traveler is without question one of the best games the Nintendo Switch this year. And a lot of people really love this game and are still playing this game. And even though it might not be the best RPG, I think that it's the RPG that people are having the most fun with, and thus it's the one that they want to vote for. I wouldn't be surprised mm, that's fair. if Octopath wins. I absolutely would not be surprised. The hype leading up to it, and that's all people were talking about. And unfortunately, with Dragon Quest Eleven, I don't think... I think... I don't know how many... I don't know if more people played it, but you didn't hear the hubbub about it like you did with Octopath, so I would not be surprised if mm. that wins. Yeah, I do think Dragon Quest... I'm granted I haven't played it, but based on what Brittany said, it's probably the better game. But you're not wrong, Andrea. Maybe I'm wrong. This, this is a crapshoot. It's true, and a notice a noticeable vacancy here. Xenoblade Chronicles Two yeah. shut out again because of their release date. Now we originally did nominate them in this category, but clearly not enough of our peers also nominated it. So if you're out there shaking your fist at the sky going, yeah, all of these games suck. What about Xenoblade? (laughs) We hear you. And unfortunately, they just did not get nominated. Uh, Maybe they will stop releasing their games in December. But you know what the good news is? Is that these awards don't mean the games don't deserve your attention and their love. There are plenty of games that never earn awards, like Horizon Zero Dawn. (laughs) I know, it's such a shame. That was a really great game, too. I put over 80 hours into that Dina Blade Chronicles yeah. too, but everyone kind of forgot about it. Yeah. Exactly. Fair. Um, also, I love at the top of this, I put Andrea, Britt, and Brittany because I accidentally <laughs> copy and pasted your name instead of Steimer's name. Congratulations. <laughs> well, I'm fixing uh, it. I am now, am I Brit or am I Brittany? <laughs> You're I, a Steimer now. No, I fixed oh. it. I feel like you'd okay. be Brit. I feel like Brit's more like sassy and more like I'm not gonna fucking put up with your shit. And Brittany's more like formal, like "Hey, governor," like that. Hey, gov. Let me have my noon tea and my crumpets. We'll sew <laughs> some scarves together and then go on a trot with our horses. All of our wonderful what? listeners in the UK, I'm sorry. <laughs> you have my heartfelt apology. That Ignorant. is not how we think that you are. No, <gasps> I just watched people. <laughs> the Great British Baking Show, but the Christmas edition. And I oh, fucking love that show. It's so good. Everyone there is it's such a wholesome show. If you're ever like, I'm having a bad day, go on Netflix and put on one of the Great British Baking Shows. Again, the Christmas edition, Christmas edition is great or holiday or whatever they call mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um Everyone's just so nice. Everyone's so nice to each other. It's like the nicest competition show you'll ever I think, see. Uh, our patron Jessica was talking about that on our Patreon page. It's yeah. she said good. it's very warm and fuzzy. So. Yes. Good. Excellent. Sorry, ignorant American. I'm not trying to make fun of you. I'm just dumb. I eat hamburgers and dumb. hot dogs and pizza all the time. Bad pizza. D- doesn't make no you dumb. No wonder you have stomach problems. I love that I can't um, make fun of myself. And Yulia's like, you can't call yourself dumb or stupid. 
We're just trying to reinforce you talking to yourself in a positive voice. Exactly. Because Aww. what you say is becomes what you think or what you're thinking is what becomes life. And women in particular are in a pattern of self-deprecation that should be broken. And while it's okay to poke fun at yourself from time to time, we all need to be able to laugh at ourselves in order to get through this thing called life. Constant self-deprecation is not healthy. You are a good, wonderful person, Brittany. I know. <laughs> good. That's all I wanted to hear. Now that she knows, best on, on to best action adventure. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, oh. God of War, Marvel's Spider-Man, Red Dead Redemption 2, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. This is also a really tough God, category. This makes me Poor clench. Shadow of the Tomb Raider does not have a shot in hell at winning this, no even balls, though it was no. a very good action adventure game. Yeah, it was a good game, but like, I don't think they're going to pity out. vote it. Um, this one's actually really difficult because I don't think Red Dead Redemption 2 belongs in this list because of the way that the qualifications are around this particular category, meaning traversal and puzzles. Yeah. There's no puzzle or, tr or element to Red Dead Redemption 2, like, at all. No. I don't want to talk about narrative things where you have to, like, find a treasure map or you get a narrative hint and you go check out this thing. That's not what we're talking about. It's not the same as the puzzles that you get in literally every other game on this list. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's not going to win, right? Because it's on the list. That it I better not fucking win this category. It can win a bunch of other ones, but ah, this one, ah. I really want Assassin's Creed to win this list. I I, I win this this category. I, I do. I don't think it will. I but think I think Marvel Spider Man's going to win. Tomb Raider. That's the one I'm picking. Uh, You're picking Tomb Raider. Sorry. No, no. She, oh, sorry. she thinks it's going to fall under the same category as Tomb Raider, not a snowball shot oh, in hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same. Mm. Uh, I do think Spider Man has the best shot here. Uh, just because I'm kind of like scrolling up because I can't remember. It's been a while since we voted. And I feel like Spidey, Spidey's got to win some stuff. And like the, the competition's just too hot. And like this is the place where it can definitely win. Well, that's where I felt. That's what I felt about Horizon last year. And we picked God of War because the the traversal and puzzles in God of War were so perfectly done and so perfectly paced that it makes me question every game I go into being like, why didn't you think of doing it this way? And I think that's really innovative game making at its finest. But I don't know if that's lost on some people, like how fantastic that team did with that. I also, so, God of War came out earlier this year. Spider-Man's a little more recent. It's fresher on people's minds. Yeah. I think, and those mini games in Spider-Man though, God, they're so good. Mm -hmm. They're so addictive. I do like those mini games. They're pretty damn good. <laughs> I think God of War is going to win this. Okay. I, yeah. Steimer, what's your final vote? Spidey. Spidey? Okay. I hope you're right, Steimer. I, I'd like I hope none of us Spidey are right. Love. Oh, no. I mean, I, I hope God of War wins. That's what I hope. Mm -hmm. I hope Brittany's right. Spidey maybe needs some love, but God of War, like, they need to, like, I want them to, like, clean house because that team did such a great job. Uh -huh. I'm just it would be it. interesting if they swept it. Uh, okay, so let me take it. I think God of War deserves to win. So therefore, I hope God of War wins. I want there to be like, you would have won if God of War hadn't been here award. I feel like Spider-Man. Yeah, but do you think God of War is going to win? That's what we're doing. No, I do. I do. So I, Okay. Just, okay. So you're changing. I'm, no, no. I'm re I want God of War still. 
and I think God of you, War. I'm just revisiting my comment wait. about wishing Steimer was right. Okay, okay. I got confused for a second. It happens. Okay. All right. Best action game. Call of Duty, Black Ops 4, Dead Cells, Destiny 2, Far Cry 5, and Mega Man 11. This is a weird category this because throws me the off. main it's qualifier is that the game needs to be focused on action. And I said, how is God of War not focused on action? Sure, there's a bunch of other elements in that game, but at its core, it's a hack and slash 3D brawler, right? Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they don't have a best shooter category. They used to, I think. And they kind of just like tossed it all in here. Yeah. I think they yeah, I think they did because they were having trouble getting consistent nominees year to year for shooters. And so they just lumped it into action because obviously we have here a shooter, a yeah. platformer, and whatever you would qualify I don't know what what is like what would you qualify Mega Man as? Besides going platformer, but with shooting, I don't know. Action game. A shooty platformer. (laughs) I think because of how many people loved it, I think Dead Cells is going to win this one. I was actually thinking because like Far Cry, I think was a little underwhelming and also was like right next to God of War, which Mm -hmm. bad, bad look. I think Call of Duty. I mean, Call of Duty could win this. Um, they should. They they get shut out of awards all the time because they're the popular kid who makes all the money. Yeah. Doesn't mean the game is bad. Obviously, they're popular for a reason. I think I'm going to say Call of Duty because this is the first game where there's no single player campaign. And so everyone was focused on all those multiplayer modes. And so I'm going to say that. Okay. Uh, I do, for whatever reason, makes no sense. I do think Dead Cells. Like, right. I just think a lot of people were talking about it. And I think probably is the most not unique but interesting on this list yeah yeah definitely and that's why i'm voting for it as well despite the fact that we voted for destiny 2 forsaken and the reason we voted y'all for them voted for destiny is because forsaken. i did not yeah. vote for destiny on anything i would just like to say that's fine that's fine. I'm talking about the group. The group I know. And I like, know. It, it means that you got overruled. I did. And we voted for it because the thing that keeps Destiny players coming back, despite whatever missteps they have creatively or content wise, is how amazing the combat is executed in that game. But I don't think that they are going to win. I really think that, like Call of Duty, people love to hate Destiny. So I think Dead Cells is going to take it. All right, next category. Best VR AR game. This one's tough because I've played a lot of Tetris Effect after we voted. Um, so the the nominees are Astrobot, Rescue Mission, Beat Saber, Firewall Zero Hour, Moss, and Tetris Effect. So we voted for Moss, and full disclosure, we voted for Moss not just because we think, or excuse me, we voted not because... They are somebody who supports the show, but because we truly believe that what they did was innovative in the VR space, that they created a VR game for virtual virtual reality designed specifically to be played in virtual reality, not a game that can be played without the headset on and then you put the headset on and it adds to the experience or a game that was adapted for VR. This is exclusively a VR experience. That being said, Astrobot and Tetris Effect are both really good too. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't vote on this one because I obviously, as I've said many times in the show, don't 
play You're VR. Like, I don't on your head. I don't own anything VR, so like it would just whatever. Anyway, I think Firewall Zero Hour here is clearly a a, a a gimme nominee. They have no chance of winning. No, I don't think so. I think Tetris Effect is going to win. I think Beat Saber is going to win. Beat Sa- I think it's like it's uh, either one of those two. See, I think I the w- only reason Beat Saber would win over Tetris Effect is the fact that, if, like you just said, Andrea, if people were playing it like after they already voted. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Astrobot. That's a good call. Because and I'm contemplating because so many people are calling Astrobot their potential game of the year, not just VR game of the year, but overall game of the year. And for what I've played of Astrobot, it is amazing. It is such a fun game. It is another one of those games like Moss that is truly designed from the ground up to be played in VR. And it really utilizes all the best things about VR. And those little fucking robots are so cute. Really oh, like, so Simon, what's your final vote? Tetris effect? Yeah, Tetris. All right, this is going to be an interesting one. Okay. Next, best mobile game, which we were just talking about earlier. Donut County, Florence, Fortnite, PUBG Mobile, or Reigns Game of Thrones. Aw, that's cute. Reigns was great. I know. Does not have a chance to no. win, sadly. I think it's great that they were nominated, though, if you haven't played it and you like Game of Thrones at all. Like, it's such an easy game. You just swipe left or swipe right. It's like playing it's like Tinder, Tinder. Game of Thrones. Yeah, there we go. I think this is Florence's to lose. I'm going to go with Florence. I hope everyone doesn't let me down. Yeah, I... It's it's tough, right? Because, Simon, you're, you're hedging probably because you're like, but Fortnite. I just... I, yeah, I like... I feel like... I'm trying to think of what everybody else is voting and what they might be thinking. And the fact that Fortnite runs the way it does on mobile is like fucking incredible. Yeah. So I feel like people might vote for it for that, even though I think Florence, I mean, obviously Florence is the game that I would personally vote. I did vote for. Um, But I, I'm just going to, I'm going to say Fortnite. I don't want it to be Fortnite. <laughs> but oh, you're gonna say it. I'm gonna say I get it. it. And like it, yeah. the thing about Donut County in this category is that that game is a PC game, and it was adapted for other other platforms. And I think it works really great on mobile because of the touchscreen interface and moving the puzzle elements around. But sadly, I don't think it can overcome some of these other heavyweights in this category. Mm-hmm. All right, best independent game. This is easy. Celeste. Dead Cells, Into the Breach, Return of the Oberdin, and The Messenger. This is not going to be easy. It's not, because Dead Cells also did really well. As you guys were talking about, apparently Into the Breach is cool. Like, There's a lot of interesting games, but... I say this is easy, because I feel like everyone who's played Celeste has included it on their contenders for Game of the Year. And it is nominated for Game of the Year. Right, and it's that damn good. From what I've been told, I've played a lot of indies in 2018, but somehow... I missed all of these, but just from what I've heard from folks who have played it, I'm going to go with Celeste. Yeah, I mean, I'm also, I'm sticking with Celeste. I like the way you say that. I'm going to stick with Celeste as well, but I want to make a note that I've heard nothing but incredible things about Return of the Overdin. And a lot of industry people are talking about it. And like, the only thing I can think of is the reason why Return of the Overdin would maybe beat out Celeste is because people have not played both. I would love to hear from people who have played both. If you're listening or watching the show and you've played both and you have thoughts, 
tweet to us, write us on Facebook, let us know the game needs what to game you think is better. But yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out because it's the team that made uh, Papers, Please. If you guys aren't familiar with what this game is. So I, I definitely want to check it out. It's like one of those games that reminds me a little bit of Inside where everybody was talking about it and it was a little bit difficult to understand and the concept is a little muddled. But once you start to play it, you're like, oh, this is really intense. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what Return of the Oberdin is going to be. All right. But we all can uh, confirm that Celeste is goatee. All right. Gains for impact. This one's tough because it's so subjective. Um, 11, 11 memories retold. Celeste. Florence, Life is Strange 2, Episode 1, and The Missing, J.J. Macphail and the Island of Memories. I think it's going to go to Celeste. I think Celeste is going to kind of sweep the categories it's in. Um, Including Game of the Year? That's the only one where I don't think it's going to. Yeah. It won't win Game of the Year. I think this is between Celeste and Florence. And personally, I would choose Florence. Granted, I did not play Celeste, but I do think Celeste would win this. I think Florence is a good choice if I hadn't played Celeste. But knowing all of the things that Celeste does around mental health and how mental health is such a forefront topic of what's happening in the world today and how it affects people and how it you know, kind of ripples into everything about life in general, I would love – for a spotlight to be shown on a game that says, let's talk about mental health. I'm so glad that we're finally starting to see mainstream television ads about mental health and being able to recognize that, yeah, it's not weird to talk about mental health. It's cool. It's just something we all do. And one of our favorite slogans that we like to repeat is, it's okay to not be okay. That's from takethis.org. Take This is a great resource if you guys ever want to uh, learn more about mental health. FYI. But yeah, Celeste is my pick too. All right. Best performance. Brian Deckert as Connor in Detroit Become Human. Christopher Judge as Kratos in God of War. Melisandi Mahout as Cassandra, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Roger Clark as Arthur Morgan, Red Dead Redemption 2. And Yuri Lowenthal as Peter Parker, Marvel Spider-Man. Now before oh, anybody This is picks, the hardest one for me. I desperately wish, and I'm going to ask Jeff when I see him that he had a men's and women's category. Yeah. And the reason I wish that is because there are so few starring roles for women that they're automatically going to be at a disadvantage for nominations because I think of all the supporting roles that female characters had in video games this year that deserved recognition like Kara in mm-hmm. Detroit Become Human um, like um, the witch whose name I'm forgetting in God of War. Oh my gosh! Oh the, Freya, Freya, yeah the the woman who goes on to do something that I don't want to say because it'd be a spoiler. Um, but like, there's so many, and those, those are just two. There's and like, many, obviously, uh, Laura as Mary Jane. Yes, exactly. There's just so many women's roles that aren't considered lead, and so they don't get the same spotlight in this category. So. Hopefully, he'll break this out into men's and women's performances, and we'll get more people because this list is tragically short. But of the people that and are also here, Brittany, so incredibly good that you're just like, uh. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> you all deserve right? awards. But now you're now I'm making you pick Brittany I, you're first. Okay, don't, Brittany, no, go don't first. come me first. Hold on, okay, oh, Simon, you're first. first because I think 
It's going to be Peter Parker. I think it's going to be Yuri. Um, and I mostly think that because I'm thinking of the people who are generally voting for this. And I think they all love the shit out of Spider-Man. And Yuri nailed Peter Parker. So even though, again, I think all like these performances were incredible. All of them. Yeah. I'm going to go with Roger Clark as Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption 2. Not because I think his performance was the best. Not that it wasn't good. It wasn't my favorite. I think that people love to love the art of Red Dead. And if they're going to give it a nod anywhere, I think this is going to be it. I am also going to say... Roger Clark, I feel, and I, this is who I originally voted for. I feel like all these other performances are amazing. There's no doubt about that. But what I really like about Arthur Morgan is he he really embodies this dumb cowboy, and he's so good at it. Whereas like Peter Parker and Cassandra, well, Cassandra would be the exception to this. Well, even Kratos, I guess. The, never mind. I'm not even. Gonna, what I was going to say is, I feel like a lot of these are more common voice roles you'll hear in games but i always are in general but i don't think that's true now that i'm thinking about it but the cowboy voice is one you don't really hear that often and i feel like he just completely nailed it dude he nails that drawl like oh, oh man when he speaks so i'm like please just keep talking just keep talking dude. <laughs> just keep talking <laughs> yeah 100 percent. but i i want to give a shout out to brian deckert as connor who was our what's good games pick because we actually, you know, nominated Kara, and I was really hoping that she was going to get nominated for this role. But he, of course, did a fantastic yeah. job. All of the leads, everybody really in, in Detroit Become Human, the performances in that game were some of the best we've seen in video games, like period. And I am sad that he's probably not going to get the recognition that he deserves. But Brian, if you're listening... <laughs> Please we think that you're. We love you, and also we love you, Kratos. We oh. love all of you. Anybody who's here, it's great. Yes, exactly. Yuri, so Melisanthi, yeah, I mean, Christopher, and, and so these good. are your usual characters. I mean, Connor is an android. Kratos is a god. Cassandra is this like Greek badass. You know, Arthur is this cowboy, and Peter Parker is Spider Man. These are not easy roles to do, and they all nailed them. It's just yeah, oh, so impressive. Kratos, how good is Kratos though? Dude, oh good boy, boy. I would be happy I if any hope. of these people won. I, I would not be like, damn it, I'm mad. No, no. literally, I would like win. stand up and clap for literally all of these people. Yes, they yeah. all. But I do hope deserve. if Christopher Judge wins that he does a boy on stage. Oh, oh man, my gosh, yes. he has to. Oh. <laughs> he has to. All right, continuing on, best audio design. Presented by Dolby. Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Verizon? Ferra- Ferrari. Horizon. I like it. Forza Horizon 4. God of War. Marvel Spider-Man. And Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. This was easily Red Dead Redemption 2 for me. Just that world is so lonely. But the sounds that they incorporate into this game just make it feel so alive and so realistic. From the creaking of the floorboards in the shops. To when you're out in the wilderness and the ambient sounds, the, the, the rifle sounds, the gun sounds, like all of it is just the campfire. Those campfire songs, I had mm-hmm. some of the most like emotional moments just in c- coming across a campfire moment that I may or may not have seen, but I just decided to mosey on over there and I discovered it. The fact that they put such amazing content in there and it was totally optional, 
it blows my mind. Everything about the sound in this game was just. <gasps> Those Simon. horse clapping those. Yeah, I, I, again, I think the sound design was like spot on in a lot of these, uh, but I love RDR and I also think, I think a lot of the awards are going to be split between either Red Dead or God of War yes. coming up here. We picked Red Dead in this category and I think Red Dead's going to win despite the fact that, as we mentioned, all of these games have great sound. I think about, you know, you know, slinging my web around New York and Spider-Man. I think about Climbing up the, the sound of throwing sound the blades in God of War, the rev of the engine in Horizon and, you know, the sounds of the bullets and Call of Duty. Like, sound design is one of those things and best audio design is something that we don't really start to think about, but it's so eloquently done. The one thing that bothers me about Red Dead's audio design and it's something that I need to call out is that the way that they did their Dolby 5.1 audio design is bad. It's just straight up bad because if you're listening on surround sound and you hear somebody in the world, the way the game throws the audio at you does not clearly indicate where that person in the world is. And I think that is an indicative of sloppy sound design. But it's frustrating because on the same hand – I can get in and out of my saddle and hear those intricacies of the leather and the metal clicking against each other, the sound of my spurs as I'm walking. And it makes me a little mad that this other part of the world design with audio is so off. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's just surround sound design. If I change the audio settings, if it, it would if it would make it better. But because of that, it makes me a little... A, just, just, just the so slightest miffed they might be able to win this category knowing that their sound design isn't perfect and I never had those issues in a game like God of War there was nothing about the sound but that God of took War me out was of also experience. a much more linear game right but that but doesn't so, what, is that, what does I that just, mean though I just meant in the sense that like there's only so many them places a pass? you can be what are you giving them a pass no I'm not, I'm no, because I actually agree with you. And when you brought that up, I was like, oh yeah, I definitely remember the, I mean, obviously I, I'm still playing it, but like whenever there's a person like shouting at me, I don't know where they're shouting at me from. Right. And that's bad audio design. But uh, my point was more just like God of War was the smaller in terms of scope, but I don't think it's an excuse necessarily. I don't know what I'm saying. Just leave no, me alone. No, I know exactly. <laughs> You're, try you. you're trying to make a qualification for it. And I would say if you're going to be ambitious as to make an open world game that focuses on the highest level quality possible, which clearly was Red Dead's aim, right? We talked ad nauseum about how they, sure. you know, maybe made some sacrifices in other areas of game design. And if, if our, the artistry was your focus, this is where I think that they misstepped. Yep. I think that's fair. I never noticed that. I'll have to go back when I... I'll never go back. I'm just going to play Red Dead Online. I'll never, I'll like, never go back. I'll don't, never go back. Don't play Red Dead Online yet. It's kind of a hot mess. Yeah, I've heard. And <laughs> we'll maybe talk about that more on next week's show. It's still a hot mess, everybody. It's still in beta. Don't forget. Um, okay. So we all picked that everybody would vote for Red Dead, but... Yeah. But yeah, God of War could also win this. Because yes. like, I, remember, I remember when people were excited about that game. People talking about the sound of the axe, like how mm -hmm. it, you know, uh, 
when it comes back <sighs> so, to you. So just weighty. Like, ding, and like <laughs> the sounds of like, all of that. And I remember. Yeah. And uh, like the way that the world serpent speaks and like all of these Ooh, different. Blah, 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 blah. And when uh, you've, you've yeah. got dude bro on your butt, like he's great. And like, you know, clearly where he's speaking from. Like, I don't know. The, the sound is very clear. It's I so think, good. Everything about that game is so good. Yeah. So I think. um it's God of War, like, fucking nailed it in that respect. Whoa, my voice is oddly going in a weird way, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so emotional about sound design. <laughs> All right, move on, because I don't know what's happening with my voice. Okay, best score presented by Spotify. Celeste, mm. God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Nina Kuni 2, Octopath Traveler, Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh. A rare category with six nominees because clearly somebody tied for fifth place so another no-brainer for me i kind of talked about this in the last category because i forgot this was also another category um red dead redemption 2 is such a tragic story in many different ways and they know the music to use for each mood that you're in especially the audio and the music with lyrics and someone actually singing and it's timed so perfectly, even at points where it, it won't trigger until you perform a certain action and then you're on your way. And I've never just stopped and just listened. I mean, honestly, like music in games isn't something that ever speaks to me. But for the first time with Red Dead Redemption 2, it really did. And to go back what I was talking to during the audio design, those campfire songs. Holy crap. In just the way... They would time the sad lyrics of someone sitting by a campfire and singing the song and then the thunder would clap above you. And it's just like, holy shit. It was just so moving. And so when I saw this category, it was just easy peasy. Yes. For me, I haven't I compl- gotten to that part yet that you're with the, the I'm, yeah, everyone knows what I'm talking about, hopefully. And if you don't, then I you don't. And I'm not going to say it, but I haven't gotten to that part, which would indicate a little bit more of how I feel on this particular category but i'm just gonna toss it to red dead anyway wow okay that's fine because honestly that to me that is more because of the first one um and remembering how that made me feel so like i imagine if they were able are able to do that again it's good shit i am gonna disagree with both of you good good i think celeste is gonna win this because it's one of the only games on this list that actually incorporated the music so dynamically into gameplay. Now, the other games clearly were complemented by their soundtracks and their scores. I love the dramatic music in God of War. I think Spider-Man really utilized score in a, in a unique way as you're traversing. I can't speak to Nino Kuni 2 or Octopath Traveler. I thought the music in Red Dead was just background. I didn't feel, except for one moment in the game, where a song came on and played that was really pivotal. I didn't think that it really... As I go through the world, the music doesn't, like, make me feel anything. And the music in Celeste is just so powerful because of how it's so thematically ties to what's happening from a gameplay perspective. Can you give me an example? Um... Yes. So there is, I mean, so each level has its unique music and the key gameplay thing you need to know about Celeste is it's hard. 
and you die <laughs> and you have to replay the game or the re level the level over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until you get it. And the music just is relentless. It just keeps building and keeps building. It doesn't feel like it's being recycled. It's composed in such a way that you don't notice that you've died 150 times on the same level because the music just keeps going. It doesn't feel like it's looping. Like you can sometimes feel in certain video games where you'll like go from section to section and like certain types of sounds will kind of repeat. It feels like it's meant to be there. And each individual section that you have, the accomplishment builds with the rise and the crescendo of the music as you get closer and closer to the end of the level and to your goal. And there hasn't been a game where the music has really profoundly hit me in an emotional way in a really long time. And that's why I'm bringing it up and I really hope that it wins. Now, clearly a big miss here, and I think it's really because it was released so late in the year, is Tetris Effect. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Because without a doubt to me, Tetris Effect would win this category if it had been released earlier in the year. Because the music in that game is so expertly crafted for how that gameplay is that there's like and audio design as well. I think it would win both of these categories if it had come out sooner. I think this is really just a matter of judges not being given copies of the game in the deadline for voting, really, quite frankly. But I this is why I want Celeste to win. Also Brittany, please play Celeste. Please play it. Please Yeah. Just- yeah, just play. It. I know that I've given, <laughs> I've given up. Yeah, I've given up on you playing Horizon Zero Dawn, <laughs> which kind of breaks me a little bit inside because that game is so magnificent. <laughs> but this is a game you can put on your Switch and you can play on the airplane while you're flying to and from San Francisco. If you only ever play it on the airplane, put it on assist mode if you need to. I, so- I don't think you need to. But oh, if I you will. want to, it's there for you just so you can see what the I thing mean. Is th- okay, I'm only intrigued by Celeste because of the story and now the music. But the gameplay itself doesn't appeal to me that much. Didn't appeal to me either. I fucking hate Metroidvania platformers. They're like my least favorite. Yeah. Okay. Platformers, I'm in. Metroidvania platformers, pfft, down, thumbs down. Okay. I'll but I played it and it surprised me in, a, in, a, in an amazing way. And I hope that it'll do it for you too. Okay. I'll come up That's with a game. Saying. You'll play it. I'll play Celeste. I don't know what that game okay. is yet, but I'll come up with it. Listen, one. if I'm going to fucking play Resident Evil 2 and I played Pokemon Let's Go God Pikachu. God damn it. Ah! You're right. Yep. You can play some Celeste. I'm waving okay? my flag. Thank you. All right. Best art direction. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. God of War. Octopath Traveler. Red Dead Redemption 2. And Return of the Oberdin. So what's the or criteria Return of Oberdin, for this one? I'm trying me. to pull it up again. What was that? The, I'm pulling up the criteria. I want to know what the oh, uh, little description, the description? was description. The description for best art direction is for outstanding creative and technical achievement in artistic design and animation. Brittany, mm. there's a tab at the bottom. If you look, it says nominations. Oh, girl, look at you. You're so prepared. Okay. So we all voted for Red Dead Redemption 2 on this, and Steimer has a little note in hers that says horse butts. I do <laughs> think the horse butts were fucking magical in they this were. game. Um. Because, yeah, I don't know. I've talked to Ad nauseum about those magnificent bots and the animation and how beautiful all the different environments are. The lighting in that game is insane. Uh, so not to say that, again, I think God of War also is like top notch. 
gorgeous uh and i think octopath is like kind of a maybe like a little underdog kick here where like they adopted a really unique art style and like or i mean the art style is not unique but the way that they mm-hmm. uh incorporated into the world was yeah um so Hmm. so Brittany really what do you t- think <laughs> yeah this is really tough because she clearly needs a minute to think about it um, because Assassin's Creed as a franchise always gets shafted when it comes to art and this is disappointing for me as somebody who's been a longtime fan and who has seen the extensive work that their art team does as you run through each individual city each section of the woods as you're sailing on the seas somebody like painstakingly has to handcraft that that's the that shit just does not appear out of nowhere and is not like auto replicated in some weird computer algorithm. Like somebody makes that. And I think that it's disappointing that they're going to get shut out at the, at the game awards, because this is clearly one of, if not the best Assassin's Creed ever of all time. And it's at least from a technical standpoint, they really have outdone themselves. And the art in that game is wonderful, but they're not going to win. Octopath Traveler has no chance of winning this category. Return of, of Oberdin has an amazing, beautiful art style. Will not win. This is really between Red Dead and God of War. And it's tough for me to pick who I think is going to win, even though Wesker Games voted for Red Dead, because I think about everything that went into God of War and think about like the intricate... De- not just from an animation perspective, because it's important to remember as Brittany said in the description, it's about a standing creative and technical achievement in artistic design and animation. This used to be broken out into multiple categories. Art direction didn't used to include animation. Animation used to be its own category. And it's tough because like, I look at God of War and I go, everything that they did and how they revamped that franchise from what was clearly based in Greek mythology now to be based in Norse mythology and thinking about how they transition that so holistically through the art style and through the direction of the game and how beautiful that game was and how like I just like my jaw felt like it was just down the whole time looking at the wonderful visual styling of that game that I really believe that it should win but I think this comes back to the horse butt style. <laughs> I mean, like they, they look the so way good in they... Red Dead, and I can't fault Rockstar for how great they animated this game. And it's really, to me, the tantamount achievement of Red Dead Redemption Two. I think that I've said before that they're lacking in a variety of other eras, but where the, it is undisputed that they are kind of king of the hill is how gorgeous this game is. Yes. One hundred percent. Between the lighting and the horse butts, like you, you win. <laughs> so this game is gorgeous. You know, there are those breathtaking moments where you ride up a hill and you look at this beautiful landscape of hills and a lake and all these wild animals that you're going to kill later for their hides and all that great stuff. But I'm looking at this and I'm kind of surprised I voted for Red Dead only because I feel like God of War had such better animations. There are yes. some very awkward NPCs in that game, specifically the shopkeepers. If you've seen any of those guys yawn, it's so awkward. I don't know. You mean know why in Red Dead? Red Dead. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. they threw that in there. I mean, it's, they're good. And their mouth doesn't match their yawn. And it's like, what are you doing with your life, sir? I think, <laughs> I think God That's of the War, Wild West for you. While I agree, Red Dead and God of War are equally beautiful i feel like the animations in god of war and the facial animations and the lip syncing 
is just handsome. God of War has dead. way fewer characters. It's kind of perfect. Hmm? So what's your vote? I'm going to say God of War. Uh, I'm what, also voting God of War. What I was saying is that I like, yes, you're correct. But also, again, God of War has way fewer characters to animate mm-hmm. and fewer things. Like this comes like good. The world has to be populated with animals that are being animated. Every single one of those. Not like obviously each animal type has to be animated differently. Like, mm-hmm. so I agree with you. They probably should have just like cut the yawn. Like, I don't know. What, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing there. Just <laughs> leave it on the no, table on the, like, the, the cutting the- room floor. The argument, and I struggled with this too, and I think you were bringing this up earlier, Simer. You have God of War, you have two, Red Dead Redemption 2, two very different games, and, and definitely in terms of size. Should one be given a hall pass over the other, a handicap, just because they decided to create a larger game? Do you know what I mean? I don't know if it's like a hall pass, but it's just... When I mean, it's you a have, reason for you sure. have a like, list of, like, here's all the things that they animated and they did well, and one of... and but. You're saying this one yawn is bad, it's but God of War has yawn, a obviously. shorter list. No, no, but uh, here, listen yeah. to what I'm saying. But this God of War has a short list, and they nailed everything. But the like, it's they're just different things. They're just different. Right. Like it's hard to compare, really. It is, but hard. obviously we are going yeah. to. Yeah, that's what. We now do that you are talking about this more and more, I think I am going to change back to Red Dead. Oh, Sam, look what you've done. <laughs> no, it's not that what she's done because, like, it's while it's important to talk about the fact that Red Dead is a different game than God of War from the sheer magnitude of art assets that each of those games produced. I don't think that Red Dead should be given a pass for their mistakes, but I do think that they need to be given accolades for the achievement that they got, Mm -hmm. right? For everything they did. The fact that when you're riding through that world and you're looking out over the hillside or the mountaintop or whatever, like the draw distance in that game is unique and beautiful. I don't have textures popping in and out in Red Dead Redemption 2. I might have NPCs acting a little weird from time to time, right? right? Or I might have my horse have weird glitches where it like runs in place. But like that's not... (laughs) That's not about artistic design, right? That's a different that's a different function of gameplay um, development. And I think that the thing I keep coming back to about Red Dead and the thing that keeps me coming back is that that game is gorgeous. Because if that game wasn't gorgeous, I would not be playing it. If it was just a mediocre Western game with a cool narrative, would not be playing it. See, but no, I totally agree. When I'm thinking about God of War and I think about Red Dead, they're both beautiful in their own regard. I feel like the game God of War was more crisp. I feel like it's it, it God was, of War has yeah. an interesting amount of scale, like yes, the right. sizing and the like differences in that. I think that's where God of War really shines, is it gives you such amazing perspective. Um, and so, like, yeah, a one thousand percent accolades to that team. You, you did a bang up job. And with the animation, I feel like God of War had better animation. So I think this Agreed. is why I'm like yeah. God of the War. The mocap in God of War was better than the mocap in Red Dead Redemption mm-hmm. 2. Uh, except for the horse butts. <laughs> That's very true. Do you think they mocapped horse butts? They must they have, mocapped right? horses. I mean, those They've butts are very horses. realistic. Okay, so Steimer and I are going Red Dead. You're sticking with God of War. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're getting to the nitty gritty. Oh, God, we we're going to take the ca- ones that I... Uh. We got four categories <laughs> left. Best game direction. No, you skipped one. Oh, best narrative. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Best narrative. 
for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. Detroit Become Human, God of War, Life is Strange 2, Episode 1, Marvel, Spider-Man, and Red Dead Redemption 2. This is another, like, completely subjective category. Yeah. I think all of these games have incredible narratives. But, Steimer, do you have something in mind? I don't know. I struggle because, like, God of War, I thought, started slow. Granted, so does Red Dead. You so had like, a very bad ear infection, Red Steimer. Dead starts super slow. What? Oh, no, I know. But although Red Dead is a way longer game. But, um... And yes, and also, like, I had a terrible ear infection. But when that thing kicks up, like, dear God, does it kick up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to say. But then, like, this is the only thing that Detroit could really win. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Uh, I'm going to say God of War for reasons I can't go into. Red Dead does some weird things that don't make a lot of sense from a narrative perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I feel like God of War just fucking nailed it it was like hot knife through butter agree i'm with you Brittany. i think god of war is the clear winner here i think detroit become human did some really fantastic storytelling and really put you in uncomfortable situations that made you think about life and morality and what those choices truly mean from an ethics perspective and we don't get enough of that and i think quantic dream deserves some credit for that but i don't think they're gonna win i think life is strange 2 episode one while great, too early. It's episode one. Life is Strange, we're going to see at Game Awards next year. And we hope to be able to vote for them there. Um, Marvel's Spider-Man is going to be the sad guy in the corner here because they probably deserve to win this because the narrative work done in that game is really quite fantastic for something that's based on a comic book property. And it makes you feel things that you wouldn't think you're, you would feel in a superhero game. And really kind of corners you emotionally. And it's disappointing that Spider-Man's probably going to get shut out of the Game Awards. But it's, I just don't think they're going to win these any of these categories. Most of all, this one going up against Red Dead. I'm with you, Brittany, that Red Dead, to me, has way too many misses narratively to even become close. I think this is out of the park uh, God of Wars to win. I think the only reason Detroit won't win is because Cage went a little too heavy handed with the like slavery comparisons. I think if he had held Mm -hmm. back that it could have very much easily won. But I think people were talking about that too much. Um, And I me personally, while I did really enjoy the story of God War, and like I said, I think it definitely has. uh, I think the latter half is way better than the first. The problem that I had with God of War was it does the video game thing in the beginning that I fucking hate at this point. And that is our goal is X. And you're just as the player, you're like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Because if it was, this game would be five hours long. And I know that this game is not five hours long because I read about it on the Internet oh, and so it told you, me it I, wasn't five I hours what long. You're saying. Yeah, so like that always bothers me. And God of War is not the only game, game that's ever done this by any means. It's just, I, it bothers me. Uncharted did this too, and it drove me nuts. Right. Um, so you're not talking about from a specific mission standpoint. You're saying the overall story. It's like, hey, we're hungry. We're going to go get lunch. But then along the way, zombies are going to attack, and then aliens are going to abduct us, and blah, 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 blah. Right. Got the you. goal is not the goal. Like, right. it's never the goal. Right. You think and like the they as the characters think it's the goal, but it's not. And you as the player already automatically no. know that it's not um, just because of the way that it's set up. 
Yeah. Um, it, you can see clearly it's too easy. Yeah. It's not going to be it. Like there's going to be more. Um, so I voted for Spider-Man on this and I'm going to vote for Spider-Man again, just because I do think in just in that terms alone, it was a little bit better constructed. That's you fair. You didn't believe Dutch every time he says he has a plan. I also haven't finished Red Dead Redemption 2 story, uh, but now I'm nervous. Thanks, Brittany. <laughs> oh, no, no. I mean, you, <laughs> you know kidding. it's okay. I, yeah. I know. I know. I know. Bad things I'm not spoiling happen. anything. No, no. Worry. We're not saying it goes off the rails. We're just saying it maybe isn't as as momentous. Poignant. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, okay. Best game direction. Awarded for outstanding out. creative vision oh. and innovation in game direction and design. God of Detroit War. Become like, Human, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, and Red Dead Redemption 2. This is the one where I'm like, hands down the, to me, this has to be God, God of, of War. War. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because of the, like you said in the, previously, I don't even remember which, which category it was at this point, but the way that they transformed the series, like that takes a lot of fantastic direction and they did it. The, yeah, the the one shot camera angle, which was something that we talked about in one of my previews of the game and how they really took a point of view with how they're going to use the camera and the cinematography in this game from a directing standpoint is something we so rarely see in games. We so rarely see a point of view in directing from a creative standpoint. And I'm just so blown away that they were able to execute that not only did they go in with a vision and say, this is what we want to accomplish, but they accomplished it. And it just is so fascinating because you don't notice it. But then when you go back and look at it, you're like, wow, this is actually super powerful. And this is why I probably felt things in this scene that I wouldn't have felt otherwise because of this specific choice. And I didn't play a way out. I heard good things, but I think that game has absolutely no chance of winning anything here. I played it and it was fine. It felt like a PS3 game is what I'll say. So it wasn't like... (laughs) No, I, I mean, I appreciate... But it got nominated for Best Game Direction. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I appreciate what they tried to do with that game. It was good stuff, but it just it, it wasn't like next gen. Oh, my God, they did something really cool here. It was just like, okay, this is something that could have been done. It, it was fine. Yeah. Definitely not going to win. Yeah, I think we're pretty unanimous that God of War should and probably will win that category. Yeah. Yes. All right, best ongoing game, second to the last category. Awarded to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience. Destiny 2, Fortnite, No Man's Sky, Overwatch, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Fortnite. Yeah, we unanimously (laughs) voted for Fortnite, and I have a feeling we're doing that again. Yeah. Like, I just, come on. Come on. It's really, there's a lot of games that are taking live service to the next level, but no one has really executed to the hype levels of Fortnite to really invigorate millions of gamers of all ages from around the world. And I think this is Fortnite's time to take to take home a W, to take home a win for something because they're never going to be nominated for Game of the Year because of the style of rolling content. And so this is their category. This is the category designed for a game like Fortnite. And the collaborations they have, it, you can't top that. I agree. Gonna win Fortnite. 
Gonna win yeah, so uh, Russo Brothers and Fortnite oh, saying man. something about Avengers. Oh, man. They're teasing stuff on Twitter. Oh. I have a feeling we're going to see Thanos return or maybe some Avengers skins or some other kind of activation around And I, and around I don't want to laugh and rude the people who think we're getting the next trailer, but it's like, ah. Wait, ah. do people actually think we're getting the Avengers trailer? I think so. They don't actually think that, do they? I'm sure they do, unless they're just if they do, super hypey on the Twitters and social medias. I mean, no, I'm sorry. No, if anything, we There's might get an whole- Avengers trailer, like, the day of, but not at the And then they're the going to talk about it. They'll, they'll mention it, refer yeah. to it at the actual show. But no, I, there's a multitude of reasons why I don't think the Game Awards is the perfect platform for that. But hey. Yeah. It's, different topic. You're right. You're right, Britt. It's not. Steimer, do you have anything to uh, add to that conversation about the best ongoing game? Negative, Ghost Rider. All right. This is the one you've all been waiting for. It all comes down to this game of the year. Nominees. Oh, go ahead, Brittany. Please read the description. Recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. I should have had you read descriptions for everything. I know. I was like, "Uh, why did we not do this the whole time? We fucked that up. Um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Celeste. God of War. Marvel Spider-Man, Monster Hunter World, mm. Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, so we all voted for God of War. Yeah. Yes. Because it's a phenomenal game. Yes. I do think Red Dead will take this. Really? I don't. I let think, me hear your argument. Let me hear what your but the argument is. Not a good one. It's just that I think people in the industry are going to go, it's Rockstar. And also, people have such fondness for Red Dead, you know, just OG Red Dead Redemption. I think there's a lot. I don't know. Me personally, I just think it's going to go to Red Dead Redemption. Like you thinking feel it about in your people, soul. I think it should be God of War, but I think it will end up going Red Dead because similar to how it was Zelda, I don't <sighs> think Zelda should have won, but it did. Like and. So that's kind of the the viewpoint I'm taking here is like just because I don't think it necessarily should win doesn't mean that the industry doesn't think it should win. I hear you. I think for me, I think I see God of War winning this. I feel like after God of War released, everyone masterpiece, masterpiece, masterpiece. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. But I feel that the Red Dead, for the most part, positive. But there have been some very polarizing views on this game. The pacing, the the lack of certain features, whatnot. Um, so for that reason, I feel like God of War will win. For me personally, I struggled with this. What am I going to vote for? And what I had to go back to is how did I feel the minute I finished the game? And after God of War, the only word that came to my mind, again, was masterpiece. That, and that's what I tweeted out. And after Red Dead, I'm like, this did some really great things. I was, it's one of my favorite, Red Dead Redemption 2 is one of my favorite games. Um, personally, it's my game of the year, but critically... God of War is my game of the year just because I feel like God of War did things so much better and I feel like the industry hopefully recognizes that the jurors recognize that so I'm going to say God of War I would say God of War really shows the power of editing <laughs> edit your shit mm. <laughs> like, like it was a it was a it was a good experience it was a proper length it didn't go on for fucking ever it was paced well to your point um wait what what did I say it's paced well, perfect length. Oh. Didn't go on forever. <laughs> I was like, wait, why is the pillow here? I don't understand. I mean, yeah, the pillow, the pillow could, could definitely appear. 
I think it's interesting that Monster Hunter World is even appearing in this category when yeah. it is absent from virtually every other category except for Best RPG, where it really doesn't belong anyway. I don't know why it's here. Doesn't it's, mean it wasn't an excellent odd game that out. I had a lot of fun with, but why it's here, not sure. Celeste <laughs> makes me very happy that it got the nod. Sadly, there's just way too much competition in a year like this year for it to do like what The Walking Dead Season 1 did and, and kind of steal some Game of the Year winners. I don't think it's going to happen, but what a fantastic achievement for that team to be even nominated in this category. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Wow. This was your year. What a fantastic game. Sadly, it's just not going to be enough because you came out in the same year that a Rockstar game was released. Oh and God. that is just the shittiest shit of it all. But I <laughs> hope that the t- I hope that those people who made that game know in their heart of hearts that they made an amazing piece of art that people love to play. It's a true gamer's game and they need to be given a big pat on the back for that. There were just so many fantastic games in general yeah. this year. Like Looking at yeah. this list makes me incredibly happy because I am struggling so hard to pick what I think should be best. Um, and to me, that's a that's a great sign. We had a, we had Absolutely. a good year. And games. again, Marvel Spider-Man just going to get shut out. Such a great game, but just not enough to overcome um, Red Dead Redemption 2 and God of War. I'm going to pick God of War and I'm picking that. Because like you, Brittany, I think that people look at God of War as nothing short of a masterpiece. And I've heard plenty of critics have a lot of not positive things to say about Red Dead, but also positive. Like we all recognize that what Red Dead is is a masterpiece. And I think that game is only going to get better with time as we see them iterate and iterate like they did with GTA and GTA Online. But I don't think that it is a better game holistically than God of War. And I get that they're different, but there's something to be said about the level of polish that a game that's not from Nintendo has <laughs> and how unif- uniformly the the art, the narrative, the music, and the gameplay really blended together. And we talked about that a lot when that game came out, and we'll probably talk about it again at the end of December when we do our Game of the Year discussion, like for every game, not just the games that are nominated here at the Game Awards. And I just, there's just something about it that I have never experienced. And I didn't anticipate experiencing. And they really took a character who I had no interest in, who I, quite frankly, did not like going into this game, who I did not want to sympathize with or see as an antihero or what have you. And they turned me around because of the impressive narrative work that that team did and there is nothing short of game of the year status for that game in my mind and i think that there is enough critics out there that feel how i feel that it will win word up word. that's all i have to say about that what do i have to say about that <laughs> no, I, I said that's all oh, that's I all have i have to, to say, say about that i see i see about yes. that he's I will be very I mean I'm bummed that I like I probably am not even gonna have time to watch the show I'll be working you can go back and watch it later maybe yeah live text me I want to know who's winning I'll send you my faces (gasps) yay will you just FaceTime me that would be cute yes yes you just FaceTime me it was fun when you guys FaceTime me the other day and I was like wait what 
Oh yeah, we were signing no up. Whatever FaceTime. Ashley me. had already hung up, and it was just Simon, Andrea, and I, and we're all saying our goodbyes. And I was at Andrea's house, and we're all bye, Simon, and she's like bye, love, and then we clicked off, and she was about to say love you guys, and then we felt like assholes. So I was like no, Simon. So <laughs> I was just face- crying. Don't worry about it. I know we both were like no, <gasps> no, and you were already gone. We tried calling you back on Skype, and you weren't there. So then we FaceTime you to tell you how much we love you. Yes, true. We do love hearts, you, Steimer. We do. Hearts, hearts, hearts. All right, so that is it. Um, if you guys are watching this afterwards, you obviously know who won. I'm excited to see the show. I'm excited to see some of the performances and some of the announcements and the world premieres and the game reveals. Steimer, Dude, I'm we- so excited. And Andrea, I know, I know you love Dragon Age 2, but I feel like Steimer and I have bonded over Dragon Age 2 for like how many years now? Since... Since we were born. Oh, no, Dragon Age is like your guys' thing. Right. I like Dragon Age Inquisition. That was my first experience with the franchise, and I really loved it. But no, Mass Effect is my thing. Dragon Age is your thing. Okay, so, Simon, do you think we're going to get a Dragon Age announcement? I think, I mean, they've teased it. So if we don't, I would be like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Why not? What are you going to do it on some random Wednesday? Who at the Game Awards? No, no. I mean, like, I would say, why are you not? Like, if you are already leading up to be- lead me to believe that is happening at the Game Awards, yeah. if you don't deliver, I'm going to be pissed off at you is what I mean. Um, yeah. And so I think here's what I hope. I hope it's, it's going to be short, obviously, because I don't think this game is super really in development yet. But I do think they probably have an idea of said story. So oh. I, they're bringing egg. It's going to be egg is my prediction. What if like, the- egg? Egg is in this trailer somewhere. And for those of you who are like, what the fuck is Egg? It's Solus. Um, but people call him Egg because of his head. What? What if the reveal is just like a curtain rises and there's a hard-boiled egg in the middle of the stage? <laughs> oh, my God. Don't you? I would laugh so hard. It would be amazing. Oh, my God. I wish you were coming. Ah! I know. I'm the, sorry. Of course, all the sad, not the sad kids, that's not the right, the, the pessimistic kids are saying it's going to be a Dragon Age mobile title, which there already is one. Calm down. Dragon Age Heroes is a thing that exists, but uh, I everyone thinks that they're going to do a Diablo Immortal thing. They would not. No, after, I, no. after everything that happened to EA at EA Play with Command & Conquer Rivals, you think that they would even think about that? <laughs> are you crazy? Oh, I know. Oh, my God. Oh I think God. here's so I, I kind of mentioned before E3, you guys were like, there's going to be a Dragon Age thing. I was like, no, there's not. This is Anthem's Anthem's time. Yeah. As Anthem is about to come out, I think it's OK that they talk about Dragon Age now. And I think that they will. I mean, granted, again, this whatever we get here is going to be like a crumb teaser is a yeah, morsel a or whatever. Crumb. Uh, but I think it's there now to help placate those who play Anthem who are waiting for like legit story whatever right because anthem's gonna be a weird thing for bioware players bethesda talking about fallout 76 and also announcing starfield and elder Scrolls 6 right they're like here's this this thing it's different than what you're used to don't worry we know you're still all about our core single player titles here they are yes i agree yeah so yeah i think it's gonna be a short terrible analogy (laughs) i mean i hope you you, i think you know what i'm coming along with what i'm coming along with but i'm Uh, picking up what i'm putting down Sure. Thanks. But I, like I said, I do think I think it's going to be very, very short. I think it's going to be mostly uh, I don't want it's not CG, but um, just like, yeah, it, it'll all be it'll all be cinematic. Yeah. It, cinematic. There won't that's be, the word I'm looking for. That's fine. Yeah. And, I, and it's going to be oh. soulless, like doing some crazy shit. 
Yeah, and I think they'll tee up like um, like Seymour, you know, later in 2019, like E3 next year, right? Oh, I feel like you'll find Dragon out what Age feels like it'll to. be a perfect tentpole title for EA Play 2019, right? I will cry. I cry during all the We're going to get our egg love scene or we riot. No, I'm going to take that boiled egg and fucking throw him against a wall and watch his innards crumble. You don't want to see with a really graphic. Why? It's he's like a boiled egg. Andrea, you know? what do you mean why? He does you dirty. Yeah, he's a real asshole. He deserves it. I mean, I'm not saying I like the guy. He deserves it. He 1,000% deserves it. Okay. Ugh. Anyway. Gonna be, I am so excited. I feel like this is the Game Awards where you just don't know what's going to happen. Are we going to get a Smash DLC announcement? Are we going to get Dragon Age? Are we going to get that Alien game? What are we going to see? Oh, I don't know. But and it's so cool again, is we don't have to work sad. it. We can just go and have fun and drink and sit in our dresses and FaceTime Stimer. Stop it. I am working. <laughs> Well, I am doing one small thing on the red carpet that I can't announce at this time. But by the time the show publishes, you'll hear about it. So please stay tuned to my personal Twitter at Andrea Renee for all of the details. And it's kind of a cool little thing that I'm doing. Cool little thing. Nothing nothing major. But the good news is that, yes, I will get to watch the show. the show. I will not be backstage hosting a live lounge this year. I get to like enjoy the show in all of its glory. Oh, I'm so excited. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we hope that you've enjoyed this Game Awards prediction show and that you have had some fun and that maybe you shouted along in your car with <laughs> our picks or thought that we're all wrong and we're going to just flop. Will Steimer defend her title? Oh god! No pressure. I don't like the, I don't like the pressure. I should week. not have won last year. Why not? Because I, I don't like it. I don't. I don't like. I don't like this. Oh, you, like you have to defend your title now, and now you don't like that pressure. <laughs> Correct. It's fine. It's not like we're going to come after you with chainsaws or anything I crazy. Mean, we might. What? You can't, help, you can't help that you're so smart, Simon. You can't help it. Don't don't beat yourself up over it. Okay, well, again, as a reminder, if you are not part of our Patreon community at patreon.com slash what's good games, we have two streams on Monday, December 10th, beginning mm-hmm. at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time is the happy hour Q&A. Expect the gameplay stream for the after hour segment to begin around 7 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, just to make sure that we have a little bit of buffer time in between those streams. Maybe we'll start it earlier and extend the time. We don't know yet. But those are, are the rough times for you. Uh, have a wonderful weekend, everybody. I have a thing. Yes, Brittany. Apologies. Pinned at our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash what's good games. We are currently up for Red Bull's top gaming oh, podcast yes. of the year. We are only 400 votes behind Giant Bombcast, which is number one. What? <laughs> yeah girl so i don't know when the voting ends i'm trying to i'm trying to get clarification but if you go to our facebook page it's a pin post and uh just take all you have to do is click you don't have to sign up for anything if you like what we do they don't take your email address yeah yeah, yeah. Great. super easy that's all thank you yeah vote for us please we love the support you guys are great and we know a bunch of you bought merch in the sale from black friday and cyber monday hopefully in the next week or so we'll be expecting some photos oh yeah We want all of your pictures. All right. We love you guys. Have a great weekend, and we will see you next week. Bye.